talking about alphabet soup over there all the way up to letter o live back in action packing a punch like tyson coming at you like a bison ain't no surprise in this combo that's thriving damien and jay taking you all the way through the buffet of sports where we walk the walk and talk the talk so pop the cork because it's third and three time but beware of minds behind enemy lines when the debate begins and we blow your minds welcome back to the third and three podcast Brought to you by Anchor Radio, as always, and presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Thierman, co-hosting with the real deal, Damian Adams, as Tricky Nikki G is on vacation, well-deserved for her. So this show is in honor of her, of course. So the sports prophet, the real deal, going to try to hold it down, especially on third and three, Knowledge with Nikki. It's going to be more like Knowledge with Nomads, Knowledge with Wanderers, who like before, but... Damien, we will do our best, no doubt about it. How you feeling today, man? Doing really good, man. It's not the same without Nikki here. Um, to take you behind the scenes a little bit, I like to mess with Nikki in our Zoom. So I usually uh, put something funny as my name to mess with her. Like, yep. you know, Eli is two letters short of elite. That's probably one I'll save for later um, for when she comes back. Something like that, you know. Uh, so this is definitely in honor of Nikki having a good time down there in Florida. Can't wait to see you back next week. Yep, that's right. That's right. Hoping to get a chance to, uh, you know, hang out, hook up and everything, get meet face to face. That would be a lot of fun. That would be an excellent thing. So we'll, we'll see if we get that opportunity. That, that'd be pretty awesome. So, yep, you got the two of us today. It's two thirds of the trifecta, but you're going to have to deal with it. But you're going to love it. You know how we do it over here. We got football, we're bringing basketball in today, all sorts of different stuff. Damien and I are going to go at it head to head. With the sports trivia, like I said, knowledge with nomads. So we got plenty of news. We got map player, player. Everything is coming up and we're ready to start. But before we do, as always, we're going to give our shout outs. And I'm going to give mine deep real quick to Frank Fear. Frank Fear is a professor emeritus at Michigan State University, where he also serves as the department college level administrator. Currently, Fear is managing editor of the Future U and the sports column. So that's how it comes full circle. Frank Fear, again, the current manager for the sports column. He writes political commentary for the LA Progressive and uh, co-hosts, actually, or hosts a podcast called Under the Radar. So Frank Fear, again, the man behind all this who helps a lot of things out, puts it on his website. That's why I mentioned the sports col, com. Go to it. Write an article because that's what it's there for. He, that's what he is there for. And that's what that entire website was built around the idea of helping others out in order to achieve their dream possibly. So shout out to Frank Fear of the sports column. That's a really good shout out right there. Uh, for my shout out, I'm going to give a shout out to Sheena Quick. Uh, 
uh, you can check out on Twitter at Sheena, that's S-H-E-E-N-A underscore Marie three. Um, she's a beat writer for the Carolina Panthers. She also hosts a show called Quick Out of the Blocks um, podcast you can check out. And she writes for Revolt TV. Um, so she's been very busy. Somebody who's been on her grind for a long time now and has been killing it, covering Super Bowls and everything else. So big shout out to Sheena Quick on Twitter, Sheena underscore Marie three. Well, that sounds like a really great shot out there, my man. That's excellent. Sounds like she's hard at work. So well done. Well done. All right. We're ready to get this ball rolling over here. We got stuff to get to. We're ready to have a lot of fun with you guys over here. Join in on Twitter. If you want to give us your uh, ratings on things later that we're going to be up to and our QB picks and our top Super Bowls, which is Mount Play Player. We got it all for you. But start off, we want to get the sad, sad news. Vincent Jackson untimely death at 38 years young. I was on Josh McKinney's show, uh, Damien, just last week. It was, uh, I believe, Thursday, Thursday or Friday. Anyway, regardless, um, I said his name, Vincent Jackson, on the show, and I was actually trying to refer to John Elway's two receivers, Vance Johnson and Mark Jackson back in the day. So it's just ironic that I said that, but all in all, this is, you know, very tragic. I mean, 38 years young, I don't know what happened. They said it could be a long time before they figure it out. But that's something that definitely hit the NFL world, bro. Yeah, definitely. You know, whenever you have somebody pass away that young, it's something that is always tragic, right? He has so much more life to live. And from what I hear, he's a very charitable person, somebody who once he retired, a lot of giving back to the community and just was helping other people get out of bad situations. Um, so, you know, you hate to see it. My condolences go out to his friends and family, and hopefully they get through this hard time. Yeah, uh, again, same, same here, third and three. Definitely send sick condolences to the Jackson family and beyond. It's uh, definitely a really sad loss, and at really such a young age. But that's, uh, well, you know, God, uh, we can't predict God's plan, so that's the way that it goes. Um, and who would have predicted and this is kind of sarcastic that J.J. Watt has been released. Now the question is, where does the veteran go who's not what he once was, obviously, and he's been injury-prone, Damian, as we know. But the two teams that came to mind immediately are the two top AFC contenders and the Bills and the Chiefs. They can both use him. They need a defensive uh, and rusher. Both teams can really use one. Um, and obviously, we're hearing a lot of chatter about the Green Bay Packers, and there's a lot of other teams that are involved. If he went to Green Bay, sure, that would be a great thing also. But we do have to remember, we're not getting the same J.J. Watt as we did. I'm sure he's got stuff left in the tank. How much? I don't know. And I don't think, as much as he wants to play with his brother, D, in Pittsburgh, if he really wants to win a title, he'll have to go to one of those teams that I mentioned. Yeah. Pittsburgh is behind all three of those teams that you mentioned as far as being title contenders. So for me, Green Bay makes a lot of sense. A team that's right there that needs that just extra step to get over that edge that they've been, you know, stuck at, stuck at excuse me, for the last two years. Um, also, you can look at a team like maybe Cleveland. That could be a surprise team there. A team that needs, you know, a little more umph to get over the hump. And you, like you mentioned, he's not the same guy he was. If he was the same guy, he wouldn't have released him so easily, right? I've seen a lot of people uh, saying, you know, how could they release him and not release um, Deshaun Watson or not trade Deshaun Watson? Like, it's two very different situations. Uh, with J.J. Watt, you have a player who is no longer close to what he was 
when he was in his prime. You know, at his prime, he's a 20-sack guy who was right. a three-time three defensive player of the year. Like, Hall of Famer is, you know, in his future because of what he did his first five years in the league. These past five years have been the same guy due to injury, and you see the toll it's taken on his body, the injuries that he's had throughout his career. I still think he has some left in the tank. So if I was a contending team that just needed somebody who can pass rush or somebody who can play maybe 50% of the downs instead of playing, you know, 85, 90%, somebody come in and be a specialist and be a leader for us, I would look at J.J. Watt and take a serious look at him. Absolutely. And, you know, he's not a three-down guy anymore. You know why? Like you said, physical issues can't take it. And it's uh, ironic you're leading me into it perfectly with that, even knowing where we're talking about the Steelers and we're talking about, you know, paying somebody uh, and this and that and what you're going to do and where you want to go. And Big Ben, uh, not a clear-cut starter for the Steelers, even though he'd have over a $41 million salary cap. And I got to be honest with you, look, the money, obviously, I don't know how they're going to work it out. That would be really tough if they do cut him or I don't know who they're, who's who's going to trade for Big Ben at this point. I really have no idea. I, I don't think that that's even plausible. So it almost is like you have to let the guy play one more year out. I, if they can draft his successor, if that's what they're looking for, then great. If they know who they're looking for this year and it's somebody who's been in the league, then that's fine. But to me, it seems like they're really just stuck with him for one more year and they have to deal with it. Yeah, if he wants to play. Um, but I can see him being a veteran, somebody who wants to win, renegotiating that contract so where they can try to get it down and the cap hit isn't so big. Um, they did sign Dwayne, you know, stay in the strip club Haskins. They signed him. <laughs> <laughs> so he could be somebody they could look at for the future as far as maybe being a guy to succeed Ben Roethlisberger if they see something they like in training camp or just throughout the season. Um, but I definitely think they have to get that number down, especially with the cap most likely going down around the league going into next year. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's the way it's going to be. And we'll see what their future is, a quarterback, and if it will be Dwayne Haskins, if he does come in at some part, if they're not a playoff team next year. Another quarterback real quick um, I want to get to is Dak Prescott. Um, haven't talked about him in a while on the show. It's, it's again, it's the same thing. It's, you know, the five-year deal versus the four-year deal. And it almost makes me think that it's, you know, now, you know, it's been going on for two years. It seems like it's a game already. If I was Dak, I'd feel completely frustrated with what's happening. Why not just give him that extra year and go for it? I mean, clearly he's a top quarterback in the NFL, and you're not going to find that growing on trees anywhere. So I would say they need to get the deal done, and it's astonishing that this has been happening for two years already, bro. Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the season. I said, if they truly believed he was a franchise quarterback, a deal would have happened, right? Because it seems yeah. like the things that they are missing each other on are very just petty things, right? If he wants to do one less year on a deal, okay, we do one less year and then we re-sign you later on because we think you're the franchise guy. You're still young enough to where you're going to have not only this deal, but another one down the line. All right. You're going to be with us anyway. We plan on having you as our guy if you stay healthy and continue to perform well. And if it's and the thing is, if it's a shorter deal and Dak Prescott doesn't perform well, it lets the Cowboys off the hook earlier. So I don't get why they wouldn't want to do this deal either. Like, it works out for both sides, in my opinion. If Dak does perform well, he gets to re-up earlier. 
if he doesn't perform well, the Cowboys get out from under the contract earlier. So for me, I just don't get why the Cowboys would be so just so stubborn to having an extra year on the contract. Yeah, that makes you think, you know, do they really want him to be their quarterback? And if I was them, if I was a general manager, I wouldn't be looking anywhere else but Dak. He knows the team. He is the team. He's their quarterback. He's the guy. So, you know, going after a trade, you know, Deshaun Watson of something like that, you know, I can that may be the only way that he gets out of there. And, you know, it would cost a little bit more from Dallas. I don't know if they really want to do that, but that's really the only thing I see that could possibly happen, um, not just because of the locality and geography, but it might make sense. And, again, the whole Miami thing with that book, you know, we're not going to get into that now. I just Again, one more thing. Um, what do you think the Jets should do with their picks? They have the second pick and the 23rd pick. So, basically, it revolves around Sam Darnold. Do you want Sam Darnold? and get that second pick or trade it for another first rounder this year, maybe a first rounder next year, because they got to keep building. Then they got that 23rd pick. What do you, so what do you think that they should do overall, given the, you know, full of circumstances? So it depends on what the new coach, you know, is feeling towards Sam Donald. If he looks at Sam Donald as somebody who can perform well in this league and he can bring the best out of him, then you take who's the best available there. If you feel like, you know, you need help on the offensive line and there's a good offensive lineman there at number two. And now number two has got to be a very good offensive lineman, like a dynamic tackle, somebody who comes in right away, starts, and is an all-pro type guy if you take an offensive lineman at number two. Um, but somebody who helps right away at both of those picks and somebody who both of those picks should be either taken or if you do trade, it's in the effort to get better right away. Now, if you don't believe in Sam Donald, at a number two pick, you can take those either that second, third, or fourth ranked quarterback right now. We all know Trevor Lawrence is first ranked in. And when it comes to the rest, two through five is kind of log jammed there with all different kinds of opinions right now. So whoever you believe in more, whoever your scouting team believes in more, you would take. So it all depends on what the head coach is feeling there at QB. All right. I'm, I'm, I understand. It does obviously depend on the head coach over there and we will see what happens with that. Again, uh, just some things get extended too long, and it's let's find out right now what's happening. So, all right, one more question for anybody who knew this before we get to applause and tomatoes. Deshaun Watson, we talked about him a billion times, but I'm just going to ask you about one team that nobody has brought up. I haven't seen it. I tweeted it a couple of times and got uh, 99% like, you know, thumbs up on it like it would work. The Minnesota Vikings. Trade quarterbacks, Minnesota, I know that they're not in the greatest financial position right now, but, you know, you give them Kirk Cousins, you give them, you know, minimum two first-round picks. It would probably be three. However, they can work it out, you know, if they have to work it out with even another player. But I think that would be a great landing spot because Aaron Rodgers may not be there even next year in that division. They can take over the division, guarantee themselves a playoff spot every single year. And then some as they build on the defense, you got Justin Jefferson, so on and so forth. I think that he would be a game changer in that conference, in the conference on the Vikings, as opposed to Dallas, the way that things are going right now. Does that make any sense to you? Again, with Dalvin Cook in the backfield, and he's clearly better than Ezekiel Elliott at this point. I don't know. What are your thoughts? That's a very interesting one. Very, very interesting one. For me, if I was, I've never been a big Kirk Cousins guy. So for me, looking at it from Houston's standpoint, I'd be like, man, I got to take back Kirk Cousins and I'm giving away Deshaun Watson. Even with the picks, 
and maybe another player, it'll be a tough, it'll be a tough pill to swallow if I'm Houston to take back Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is serviceable, right? And if you have the perfect team around him, he can be good. But Houston is far from perfect, right? So True. you're looking at then you're looking at maybe you know a rebuilding situation with Kirk Cousins, who's not a rebuilding quarterback. If you're getting Kirk Cousins at his age now, you're thinking, okay, he's the guy that is over the top, like Minnesota did a few years ago. So for me, I would say no, but it is an interesting offer if there's nothing better out there. Okay, fair, fair enough. I, I, I like it. I think it would definitely make sense for the Vikings. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but like you said, on Houston's side, you know, maybe, maybe a different thing. They got problems all over the place. We know what we've talked about it. All right, let's get into a little applause and tomato action over here. It's, uh, you know, definitely something that we jump on, you know, one of the fan favorites around here. So we're going to do it. Are we going to be going Nikki style and going? I'm like blown away by tomatoes. We're going to go. We're definitely going to go Nikki style and go tomatoes first. All right, then you know what? You're up, my friend. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to throw my tomatoes at, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the young lady's name right now. But she's the daughter of the creator or the person who crafted the Lombardi Trophy. I'm pretty sure you heard, you heard about this story now. Um, Tom Brady, it was caught on tape with him tossing the Lombardi Trophy over open water at the parade for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As you know, they're drunk, they're having a good time. And, you know, if there's anybody who can toss the Lombardi Trophy over open water and make sure it's an accurate pass, it's Tom Brady. Um, but he tossed, it, he tossed it over open water to you know his other players there and the daughter of the person who created the Lombardi trophy came out very upset so that she wants an apology not only to her but to her family and to all silversmiths so people who make trophies she wants oh, <laughs> Tom Brady to apologize to all of them as well for tossing the trophy over open water so I have to throw all my tomatoes at you young lady because come on really you're asking yeah. <laughs> you're asking for an apology to all Silver Smiths, like, I can see how maybe you think it's a little disrespectful, but him having fun with it. Obviously, if anybody respects the trophy, it's Tom Brady, right? The fact that he's played this long, has been chasing these trophies, and, you know, will do everything it takes to get, you know, seven, maybe eight next year. So I think, I don't think it's a lack of respect from him. And have we saw what happens to the Stanley Cup trophy? Like, <laughs> like, let's... <Yeah. laughs> So we, we have to be honest about, you know, what happens to these trophies, as long as it's not just open disrespect to where somebody's destroying it on purpose or something like that. I don't think people should overreact and say like, oh, my God, he threw it all open water. It's something that could be made again if it is lost. But again, if there's anybody you can trust to toss it over with water, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's one. And you know what? That's why he is what he is. That's why I told you I bowed down to him. But still. That forget about the reporter. That just alone baffled me. Yo, a that he did it. You know, B that he fit. He, he God, who caught it? Was it Gronk who caught it? Hey, Gronk. Or, I think it was Gronk and Evans that caught it. Yeah. Because that thing is so not evenly weighted. It's ridiculous. You know. What I mean? Yeah. I, that I, I, it scared me to death when he threw it, and then it was caught, and nobody got hurt. Thank God. So. 
again, it must have been one of those divine intervention things. Uh, but I was still blown away that he did it. I, I really couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, my God, in heaven. And he caught it. And like, thank God nobody got hurt. So, yeah, I'm not going as far as the reporter over here. I mean, that's a lot. And I don't think that he necessarily really owes an apology. If he's going to say sorry about anything, he should just say, I'm sorry I was too drunk. I did it. But thank God Gronk caught it. And that's what usually happens, you know. So end it there. But damn, man. Oof, that's a good idea. They came down pretty hard. Yo, listen, I'm going to mix my tomatoes and my applause, bro. And it just fits in, so hear me out. My applause, well, first, let me say this. My tomatoes go to Urban Meyer, and here's why. It goes to my applause, where the Iowa Hawkeye players, all right, I'm a large majority of them speaking out against Chris Doyle, who is the former assistant coach and head of strength and conditioning. Um, Doyle was hired by Urban Meyer for the Jaguars. And Doyle had been accused by multiple players of being racist, a bully. He discriminated against them. And we're talking about, it was over a dozen. So significant amount of players and probably more that, you know, maybe didn't say anything. So a day after he was hired, he was fired or he resigns due to public backlash. Um, that's a bad job by Urban Meyer coaching him making one of his first moves saying all right let's let's bring in this guy that i know whatever uh you know again that whole family street treat thing that they got but the if the, he would have a job today if the iowa state play if the iowa players did not come out the hawkeyes and say all these things and make these accusations and they have no reason to make up any lie at all so the reason why he doesn't have his job now is because the players called him out on it and good for them good for them because that's what should be happening in a world where we live right now, you know, especially in social media when news travels fast, you get this information, you got to be on top of it. But Urban Meyer wasn't, or maybe he didn't realize what the repercussions were going to be because he's in the NFL. Now this is not college football anymore. Yeah, no, that's definitely a very good one. Um, And for me, it made me look at college football in a different way. I'm already not the biggest college football fan, but why did this guy have a job in college for so long with players reporting on him and saying all these things? It took for him to get a job in the pros for people to be like, whoa, this is going too far. Like he shouldn't have a job in college either. Yeah. It made me look at that like, okay, we need to really do a better job of looking at these coaches in college, not even college, but high school, Pop Warner, make sure that, you know, especially at the young ages where they're, you know, getting the right treatment and not getting, you know, threats of some of the stuff that it was uh, he's accused of saying is just crazy. Like, uh, you know, you mess up on his play. I'm going to send you back to the ghetto, stuff like that. Terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. So yeah, I'm glad that, you know, people came out, spoke out against him and made sure that he didn't, you know, get rewarded for his bad behavior by getting a pro job. Yep. That's right. Because again, he would probably still have this job right now had they not spoken out and, that's why my applause, my applause goes to them, those, uh, those players, former players, whatever it may be, current players. And that's why my tomatoes is thrown at Urban Meyer, starting off on a bad foot right there. But um, so I mixed mine together. Let's hear what your applause is, Dane. So my applause goes to the NBA players. Um, so right now there's a big thing about the All-Star game, right? And me being a big basketball fan, I would love to see an All-Star game. Last year's All-Star game was awesome. 
like it seems like it was a million years ago, so you may not remember, but last year he kind of changed up the rules. Yeah. And in the fourth quarter, we saw the best players playing very competitively. And it was like a pickup game, but with the best players in the world playing. And it was awesome to watch. And I would love to see that again, but it's not entirely safe. We've already seen a lot of NBA games this year postponed um, due to COVID protocols. It's a lot different than being in a bubble, right? These players are all going back home or they're being in hotel rooms, on planes. They're exposed to COVID all the time. So we've seen that effect this year. And to try to bring 24 players from pretty much, what, 20 or 19 different teams would be very hard to do without having something wrong happen. I understand the All-Star game. I understand it from commissioner standpoint because All-Star game is a very highly rated game. And it's one that they can make a lot of money off of. As to, you know, when you talk about commercials and things of that nature. But the players are like, we shouldn't do this. It's not smart. We have to think about our health first over TV ratings and the money we can make. So I applaud the players for coming out and speaking on behalf of not just, you know, the star players, but also players who may not even make the all-star game coming out and talking about how this isn't right. Yeah, I think I think that's a great room right there. That's a great pick I, uh, as far as an applause is concerned. Uh, there's no reason that, you know, again, they a lot of the money they make is from the venue itself, uh, the NBA. So I don't know how they were going to try to make it up. You know, obviously ticket sales are increased significantly from, you know, a regular season game. And you have the audience there and obviously all the concessions, yada, yada, yada. So, uh, you know, they are trying to make up for it in different ways. But bottom line is, is you're right. And the players are right. You can't, you can't do it this year. I mean, you know, I mean, the NFL pro bowl didn't happen. It's just, you, you don't have to play it this year. It's, there's no reason for it. They're already shortened the season. So let's keep by, you know, going by protocol over here, like you said, and hopefully not as many people get sick. This just opens up a wide risk because now you're taking players from every corner of the earth and bringing them together. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I think that's well done. So I applaud you as well, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So there you go. Me and D holding it down so far. And we got we got a lot of stuff to do, really. I think you guys are going to like the uh, the knowledge with Nikki, uh, actually knowledge with Nomad segment that we're going to have coming up. Um, we're bringing back an oldie and a goodie dinner fight club. We have unpopular opinions. Um, I'm going to sneak a few things on Damien and see what he thinks. But um, we got time to go to Mount Player Player over here. And this week's theme was the best teams that we've seen. All right. So we can not I mean, look, Damien and I are, you know, 30 to 40 years of age, you know, so we're not going back to like 1975. Or, you know, things like that. It's got to be teams that we have actually seen play. So with that being said, D, you know, I always write down more in case, you know, you or, uh, you know, Nikki would take one of mine. But um, I'm going to see if I can go with my top four. But I have to tell you, my four, five and six are tough. And I'll tell you them at the end. But why don't you start us off at number four? So my number four best team that I saw. And the reason they're number four is that they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Right, if they would have won their Super Bowl that year or at least made it, they would have been higher. So I'm talking about the 1998 Minnesota Vikings. Uh, mm, yeah, I feel like that team, if there's a team that when you look back at it, it's like that team should have won a Super Bowl or should have won a championship, it's definitely that team. You talk about Randall Cunningham, 
throwing it downfield to Chris Carter and Randy Moss, Robert Smith, with an incredible year running. I think he kind of gets lost in the shuffle there with that team. Um, but he had an awesome season, right? And it's like something that you just can't overlook the balance they had as far as running and passing the ball. He had over 1,100 rushing yards that year. Um, their defense was ranked sixth in the league, only allowed 18.5 points per game compared to their offense, who was scoring 35 points per game that year, which, was, of course, was first in the NFL. They went 15-1. and one. We all remember how they lost in the NFC Championship game to the Atlanta Falcons, but that's definitely one of the best teams I've ever seen. Yeah, man, 15-1, and one, you said it, bro. That is definitely up there. They were a team that was on my mind. I thought about it. They for, for sure should have gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, there's no question. They would have played the Broncos, and I think it would have been a much, much better game. But it didn't happen. But nevertheless, again, you don't have to hoist the trophy to really be the best team in the NFL. Sometimes others just do get a little lucky on that day or have a little extra oomph. So I got no problem with that pick. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that with the Broncos in 98. I got them somewhere down low. But you know who I went with for number four? I went with the Seattle Seahawks 2013 team, the team that demolished Peyton Manning's or, you know, record-breaking offense, you know, from the get-go, we know about the snap and the safety overhead, but that game showed me that, again, defense still is, again, defense still can win champions and does win championships, and we saw that again in this Super Bowl that just passed with the Bucks and the Chiefs. So, at number four, I got the Seahawks over there, Russell Wilson, unbelievable defense. They could run the ball. They could even throw the ball. They were so well-balanced. They did everything. So the Seahawks of 2013, who did win the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning's Broncos that year, yeah, that's the fourth best team I've ever seen, and in large part due to the Legion of Boom. So that's where I went with that team. Yeah, that's a really good pick. That team was great. That Super Bowl, I've never been so shocked <laughs> watching the Super Bowl and the whooping they put on the Denver Broncos that year. Uh, it yeah, that defense was something else, man. Definitely a very good pick there. I can't argue with that pick at number four. All right, All right. yeah. I mean, I just god, that team was so good. They, to me, they seemed really unbeatable when Russell Wilson just came out of the gate like that. Unbelievable. But let's get to your number three. My number three is another team that fell short, um, but they did make it to the Super Bowl. I'm talking about the 2007 New England Patriots. Uh, this team, man, when you think about how dominant they were, right? The fact that they were 18 and 0 going into the Super Bowl, a team that had everything, right? So they're first in offense, averaging over 36 points per game. And they are only, they were fourth in defense, averaging 17 points per game, giving up. And you look at that roster, Tom Brady in his prime. Randy Moss had almost 1,500 yards receiving that year, broke the record for touchdowns, caught that season. Uh, Lawrence Maroney at running back doing a good job. They had a decent little balance there. He was averaging 4.5 yards per carry for them. And they just ran into the wrong team in the Super Bowl. They had the perfect plan for them uh, to beat them there. But during that regular season, they were just demolishing people. Uh, and it seemed like the Giants were the only ones to give them a tough game that during that regular season as well. They only beat them by three points. And they had some other close games as well, but they were just killing people for the most part. Uh, I'll never forget the game they had against Washington where they beat them 52 to seven. Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> it was like just, just nasty. They beat Buffalo 56 to 10 that year. 
it, they had some nasty scores. They were really on a mission that season and fell just short, but one of the best teams I've ever seen, the 2007 New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, but know that about it. I mean, what they, you go undefeated in the regular season, you got every Dolphin fan in the world nervous, you know, sitting, chattering during that game. Like, no, please, please don't let them go undefeated. Don't know everything. The old fans, absolutely, man, that uh, belongs on the list. There's no question about it. Um you know, I, uh, I, this team for me, number three, they did win the title. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, yeah, they won the title. I'm sorry. Yes, it was 1992. I'm sorry. I don't know why I got mixed up, but it's the Cowboys, the 92 Cowboys, Emmett Smith, uh, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, you know, they're always the trifecta, the three guys that you see, but the defense was so nasty. The offensive line was the best in football, pass blocking and run blocking. Again, Emmett Smith, who's not the best career, you know, running back. I mean, I might put him at like 10 to 12 somewhere, something like that, even though he's the all-time leading rusher. But he was amazing. He really, really was. He was unbelievable running back. They had everything down. They, you know, they had their fullback in there and Daryl Johnson and Jay Novacek at tight end. They weren't missing anything on that team. And that year they played the Bills in the Super Bowl. And I forgot the final score, but it was something like 52 two to 10 or something like that, somewhere around that score, but they beat them. It wasn't even a contest. I remember against my 49ers, you know, there, there was no chance that we were winning that game. So I remember the 92 uh, Cowboys very well. They were just completely stacked and Jimmy Johnson head coach. uh, (laughs) They did it. They were amazing that year, man. So that's, that's going back a little bit, but that team was, was unbelievable. Yeah, no, definitely a stacked roster. Um, You have to give all the credit in the world to Jimmy Johnson for putting that roster together. Um, The fact that, you know, he, that Jerry Jones got rid of him and only won one more Super Bowl after that, you know, with pretty much his roster there uh, with Switzer at coach shows, you know, how much pride can ruin a franchise. And the fact that they haven't been back to the NFC Championship game since the 90s uh, truly shows why you should let football minds do football things in your organization. Uh, but that team was, man, <laughs> like that yeah. offensive line, come on. It was absolutely dominant. So that's a really good pick. Yeah, and they can thank one person for all that, or, you know, the guy who made the trade for Herschel Walker, but 10 picks for, for him, you know, and they, that's how they built their team. And they won from the inside out the way that they're supposed to do it. That's because they had the right coaches in place. So, uh, yeah, that's Cowboys at number three for me. All right, how about number two? My number two, um, people may think it's recency bias, but I'm going to go with the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, I feel like last year this team was just so dynamic, right? And they weren't truly dominant, but the fact that they weren't dominant and won games in the way that they did I think it made them one of the best teams I've ever seen. The fact that they came back from 24-0 against the Houston Texans, or they came back from down 17-7 against the Titans in a championship game, uh, came back against your 49ers, sorry to bring that up, but came back in that game in the Super Bowl. Uh, the fact they were able to make these comebacks against very good teams. That 49ers team's a, a great team that they came back against. Uh, that Texans team was very talented. So they were able to make these comebacks. And I think that we saw a truly great performance that year from Patrick Mahomes. I think that's one of the reasons that makes them one of the best teams of all time is Patrick Mahomes being at a top level, right? And sometimes it takes that one player to bring that team to another level. I think Patrick Mahomes did that last season 
for those guys. Uh, that defense was better last year than it was this year. They were ranked seventh last year in points given up at only 19.3. Um, so they were better last year than they were this year. Uh, the defense was making more plays last year, got more turnovers. Um, so this year we saw that step back when, you know, you, you have the dynamic quarterback and just certain things don't happen as far as offensive line. But last year, everything came together for them. And it truly was just a joy to watch them play. So I had to have the 19 Kansas City Chiefs on my list. Man, I can't agree more. Look, they were just on the outside of my top four. I'm looking at my list now and I'm looking at Chiefs 2019 because their recency buys, call it what you want. They were an unbelievable team and you want, you know, again, testing their will, you know, every single game having to come back, seeming like it was no problem, almost knowing that it was going to happen. And I knew it was going to happen in the Super Bowl as I'm sitting there watching it. We're up by 10 with nine and a half to go. I'm like, Something's going to happen, and that's going to be it, and yada, yada. Who knew they would score 21 points in that fourth quarter? But that whole season, they were so dominant. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the number one reason why, along with the play calling, I guess you can say it, but they're able to call these crazy plays because of Patrick Mahomes, and that already tells you what kind of a great player he is, and even all-time for that matter. So last year's team, I mean, this year's team looked – even better for a little while. I mean, they were on the, you know, on the road to 15 and one easy. Um, I, they kind of were 15 and one, really. I mean, the last game against the Chargers, that, that meant nothing. So this team still looked great this year, but last year was like, wow, man, they are just scoring and scoring and scoring and you cannot stop them. Even if they get in the funk somehow after halftime, they're going to come back and win. So I, I, I love the pick, man. I, I totally love it. Got no problem at all. Thank you. All thank right. you. All right. You know, yeah, I said, look, it's an excellent pick. What can I say? That's the way it goes. Number two for me, uh, I'm going to go with the 49er team that was not led by Joe Montana. It was led by Steve Young. And you can call this bias if you want, but I'm sorry, it's, it's really not. That 49er team that year was unstoppable. That was when they were wearing those sick jerseys that you see them bring out once in a while with the black outline. That yeah. They were that was the first time they started wearing them. And that year they were just incredible. You know, all the players with Jerry Rice and Ricky Waters. I mean, they had uh, two or three touchdowns each, I think, in, in that Super Bowl. They played against the Chargers, uh, which was amazing. So, And they covered a spread of, what was it, 19 and a half points, I believe it was. They ended up winning, winning the game by 23. <laughs> I mean, that's like insane. That's ridiculous sort of stuff. So... Steve Young breaking a record, six touchdowns in the Super Bowl, but again, all year long. And our biggest game was not even the Super Bowl. It was because the Dallas Cowboys had knocked us out two years in a row. We needed to beat them in the NFC Championship. The 49ers did in San Francisco. We got our home field advantage that year and took care of Dallas. And I never felt more confident playing against Dallas. I was always scared of the Cowboys because of, all the great players they had, and I was always scared of the Green Bay Packers because of all the great players that they had with Brett Favre. So I always went in uncomfortable, but that 94 team, I had confidence all year long. And again, breaking records and demolishing anyone who stood in their way. It left, again, a great offensive team not being talking about on the defensive side. So the 94 Niners, baby, they had it all big. Yeah, no, that team was absolutely stacked on both sides. Steve Young finally put it all together. Uh, I remember the epic getting the monkey off his back. 
um, celebration right. that they that they had there. Yeah, that team. That's yeah. I have no problem with that team being number two or number one on anybody's list because they had everything. There was no holes, no holes at all on that roster. And like you said, the real Super Bowl was getting past Dallas. That was the Super Bowl game back then. Was getting That's past right. Dallas Cowboys because you knew you were gonna beat the AFC team. You know, the San Diego Chargers had no chance in that game in the Super Bowl. Um, but that's a great pick at number two right there. So now it's time for me to go with my number one. Yes, yes, sir. And I'm looking forward to this. What have we got here? So for my number one, I went with the 1999 St. Louis Rams. Woo, good one. Okay, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. But okay, let's hear it. So you look at this team. The story of the team, first of all, is that Kurt Warner comes out of nowhere, literally from Arena League, bagging groceries. I know it's going to be a movie one day, how he came into the NFL and became a Hall of Famer. That story alone just makes it, brings it to another level, right? So Trent Green, who was a good player in his own right, you know, went on to Kansas City, become a two-time Pro Bowler. But if he doesn't get hurt in the preseason that year, what happens? Is he able to lead this team the same way Kurt Warner did? Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest what-ifs in history. Uh, if Trent Green doesn't get hurt there. Kurt Warner comes in and, of course, you know, does <laughs> does his thing to the fullest. Uh, Marshall Falk, one of the best years you'll ever see a running back have, over 1,300 yards rushing, over 1,000 yards receiving, just an absolute beast. Uh, you have a wide receiving core that is still rivaled when it comes to the best wide receiving core of all time. They're up there. Think about yeah. Torrey Holt, oh. Isaac Bruce, um, Azir Hakeem, they were stacked, you know, even throwing uh, Ricky Prohl in there. They, yep. were, they were absolutely stacked on offense. Defensively, they were good as well. Uh, they only allowed – they were fourth in defense, only allowing 15 points per game. So they were stacked on both sides of the ball, and that team was just – man, I thought for sure they were going to win two or three more Super Bowls the way they were set up, and they only made it to one more and lost to the Patriots, of course, in 01. Um, got upset by my Saints in 2000 in the wild card round. So it's very, it shows you how fragile that window is for a team. Cause I thought for sure we would see that team win multiple Super Bowls, but that was for me, the best team I saw was the 99 St. Louis Rams. That's very interesting. Now that they were, they were on my list on um, they're not my number one. I'll give that away real quick. They were on that list of just on the outside. And I think the defense did not get enough credit that year because they were a scoring machine, but they were a full team that year, even on special teams. They had a lot of things going for them. And for them to come out and win, you know, to win that Super Bowl that season against Tennessee, led by Steve McNair, may he rest in peace. I mean, that, again, going right down to the wire, right down to the wire. Uh, but that um, that Rams team just that year, yeah, it was, again, it's like their must-watch TV. You have to see what's going on. You need to see how many points they're going to score. They were the greatest show on turf before any other team came along, whether it was Kansas City or Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, whatever it may be. So wonderful pick right there. There's no question. It was a one-year shot. You know, they did go to the Super Bowl the year following um, and ended up losing, obviously, to the Patriots. But, um, yeah, no, no doubt, man. Great call. Great call. Speaking of the Patriots and speaking of – non-Super Bowl teams as you had before you mentioned the 07 Patriots they're my number one 
and they didn't even win the Super Bowl. It's just that the Giants had him that game. Playing him earlier in the year may have helped, even though that was a very high-scoring game, nothing like the Super Bowl. But the bottom line is I've never seen a team in my life run through every team on their schedule like it was no problem. I remember there was one game that was close that they could have lost, and that was against Baltimore. That was a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. I can't remember. But um, Baltimore was really close to beating them, and somehow the Patriots, you know, they held on. But uh, you said a lot of things before, man, that I don't need to take up any more time with. But I've never seen a team that great. They had one game against a defense that was ready, knew what was coming, saw what was coming a month in advance, and they were just ready for it and only dropped back four, put pressure right in Brady's face. No quarterback likes that, even the great Tom Brady, and he couldn't get the job done uh, along with the rest of the offense. And we knew the defense was very good that year for the Patriots as well. So, you know, for the Giants to overcome that, yes, that was basically like a miracle in itself, but – Again, I've never seen such a good team in my life. They tried to beat everybody, like you said, I mean, by 50, 60 points. They would not stop. They kept passing in the fourth quarter when they were up by 30 with two minutes left to go. I mean, they were just so dominant and smart to make sure that everybody in the freaking world knew it. So you said it before, but they are still my number one. Again, I've never seen anything like that in my life. All right, yo, that was Mount Play of Play, best teams that we've seen in our lifetime. So we. Podcast Jay and Damien in the house. Miss Tricky Nikki Gist is down south and she's chilling, hopefully, enjoying the warm weather as opposed to her complaining every time we're on the end about this whole thing. <laughs> you know, so let's give her a break over here, but she'll be back next week. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, speaking of Nikki, here we go. It's Tricky Nikki knowledge with Nikki Damien, but that's me and you coming up with our own questions to go back and forth. Obviously, we didn't give each other a hint as to what's going on. There's no Googling. You guys know out there how we do it. We do it the right way. And uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens. I don't know if we're going to get any Nikki-type questions in here, but let's see how it goes. So without further ado, let the drum roll begin, please. This thing is my recital. I think it's very vital. Around that's right. On top of tricky. It's the place to go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On top is tricky. You know that's the honorable knowledge with Nikki's song. We're still bringing it in, even though she is not here today. It's all good in the hood, baby, baby. So, D, you ready to get this thing going, man? Yes, sir. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I definitely, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I'm down. We decided to go. The only thing we do know is that we're going NFL 
and NBA style over here. So uh, I got uh, I got some questions, man. And so does my friend Arnold over here. He would like to jump in. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> I want to have them answered immediately. <laughs> you don't have to do it immediately, but we'll take our time over here. So you want to do want you you want to go one by one, or you want to do your five, and then I'll do my five. But I will tell you, I got bonus questions in there for you, bro. Okay, um, let's go one by one. All right, I'm down. I'm down. All right, who gets the honor of starting this thing? Uh, let me start it off. All right, here we go. Pen to paper time. Let's see what we can come up with. All right. So my first question for you is, is an NBA question. NBA, okay. All right, so there are only three current players in the top 10 all time in assists per game. Can you name those three players? I'll give it to you one more time. Okay. There are three active players in the top 10 all time in assists per game. Can you name those three players? Okay, I'm going to start off with Chris Paul. Okay. Three players. Um, all right, so it's three players assist again. What was it? So three active players right. who are in oh. the top 10 all time oh. in assists per game. All right. So top 10 assists per game, top 10. So we got Chris Paul, um, Russell Westbrook. Okay. Um, and I would have the third one. Mm, this one's tough, but. I think it might be some, some, you know what, LeBron. Ah, you were so close. You were so close. Um, so, you oh, want one more guess? Who, go ahead. Who was it? So, I'll give you one more guess. LeBron is not in the top 10. He's so. in, Okay. I, I was reluctant to put him there. I was going to say something off that people wouldn't think. I was going to say James Harden. That's a good guess, but he's not in the top 10 either. All right. All right. Okay, so that was a good question, by the way. Thanks. I, I like that. So no, who did I met? So you got Chris Paul. He's number four all time at 9.43 assists per game. You got Russell Westbrook, who's number 10 all time at 8.33 assists per game. The one you miss is very hard. John Wall at, number, yeah, at number seven uh, with 9.13 assists per game. Okay. Okay. Great question and very fair. All right. No doubt. All right. Two out of three. That's not a check for me, but let's keep it going. All right. So I'm coming at you with one over here. We're doing NBA first. All right. My first question for you, NBA, who was the first overall pick in the 2015 draft? 2015. Okay. First overall pick 2015. Hmm, 2015. Was, yeah. that the, was that the Anthony Bennett year? No, no. Uh, oh, I think, I think that was one year before, if I'm not wrong. Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, okay. That's yeah, a he's one. a little sneaky one, so I guess, you know, <laughs> I talked about as much. But all right, all right, let's keep rolling. Fair questions. I'm in. All right. So this one, this one's tough. All right. Okay. Ready? All right. There is only one active player 
and the top 10 all-time in rebounds per game. Can you name that player? So there's one active player in the top 10 all-time in rebounds per game. Can you name that player? One active player in all-time top 10 rebounds. Rebounds per game. Per game. Rebounds. One player rebounds per game. Oh, would it be Draymond Green? No, no, not Draymond Green. The answer is Andre Drummond. It is Drummond. Okay. All right. I had him swirling around back there with other ones. Good question, man. Good yeah. question. Thank you. Yeah. Andre Drummond right now is number eight all time in rebounds per game at 13.82. Um, he's like I said, he's the only active player in the top 10. Just to give you uh, just a little touch of what people would be dealing with if they were trying to get in that list. Number one all time is Will Chamberlain at 22.89. Oof, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's one, unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be attainable. I might have to find like a seven foot nine sort of guy, but whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good one going. All right, here we go. Next one. Um, it's going back a little bit, not too far. Your basketball knowledge is, is excellent. So let's see if you know which team traded Charles Oakley to the New York Knicks. Which team traded Charles Oakley to the New York Knicks? And do you know who it was? That's just an extra. So I believe the Bulls traded him to the Knicks, right? That is absolutely correct. Didn't do you know who that player was? Who he traded for? Right. This is just extra. Okay. Who was he traded for? Hmm. Just one player. It was just one player. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want you to have to screen. Yeah, it's just just the one guy. Wow. Was it Bill Cartwright? Yeah, dude. Way to go, man. Excellent. Excellent job. Nailed the whole question. Sir, thank you. All right. Damien won. Jay nothing. <laughs> I do want to give you like half a point on the first one where you got two out of three. No, 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 no. Come on. I got that's only fair. I'll take I'll take the sympathy. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, nah. right. that was a really good question. Fair. And I should have thought a little bit more about it. It was a good, good question. All right. All right. Here we go. So I got another one, another NBA question for you. It's my last NBA one. All right. All right. So there are only three active players in the top 10 all time and points per game. Can you name those three players? So three active players, points per game. Yep. In the top 10 all time and points per game. Okay. Top 10. All right. Um, Got to go with James Harden. Okay. Three players, top 10 points per game. Oh, just want to make sure I don't screw this up. Uh, I mean, I, I, Durant, I feel like Durant has to be in there. Okay. Is he, is he or is he not? Yes. So you got two. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we got Harden and Durant, points per game. Yeah, the third one, just don't think too hard. I shouldn't, right? I, I shouldn't overthink it. Don't overthink it. 
<laughs> All right. Just, just going to run through my head just to make sure, because that is definitely somebody who came to mind. Um, uh, it's got to be, it's, uh, man, I'm, I'm in between two guys right now, actually. Um, I got to go with LeBron then. That's correct. So, yes, okay. it is. Uh, I um, was debating Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he's up there. He's not top 10, but he's definitely up there in points per game. Uh, but right now, the only three that are in the top 10 active players are KD at number four all time at 27.6. Uh, number five is LeBron at 27.04. And number 10 is James Harden at 25.14. All right. All right. So, nice. Like the stats hey, to back up. That is one for you, sir. All right. Hey, okay. I got one. I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it. I'm going to give you, um, yeah, it's my turn for basketball. So here's my third one. And like I told you, I'll give you a bonus one maybe after at the end when we go through everything. Okay. All right, here we go. Which one do I want to pick? Yeah, you know, th this is the best one to pick at, most straightforward. Let's see. Let's see if you know, my friend, who won the sixth man of the year award in 2017. Ooh, 2017. Yep, sixth man of the year award in 2017. There's two players that come to mind when it comes to the sixth man of the year award. Um, I feel like it's not going to be one of those two. 2017. Uh, I'm going to go yeah. with Lou Williams. Lou Williams, that's a guy who wins it all the time, but it wasn't that year. It wasn't Lou uh, Williams. Uh, Jamal Crawford, wait, was he the other guy you were thinking? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> what you said was right. It's probably neither one of those guys. Actually, Eric Gordon won it that year. Oh, that's so, a good one. Yeah, he bought out that year. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I had a feeling like, I'm like, hey, I'm like, Damien knows so much about basketball. I'm like, he's probably going to get it. Or, you know, he's, he's going to think about Jamal Crawford. Maybe they'll throw him off. Let's see what happens. But, yeah, Eric Gordon kind of sneaky in there with that uh, with that one. All right, we'll do the uh, we'll do the bonus after. So you want to do some NFL now? Yeah, I got two NFL questions for you. All right, I'm ready to roll. All right. So Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are tied with the lowest interception percentage in NFL history at 1.4. Who is second behind them for the lowest interception percentage in NFL history? I'll get to you one more time. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are tied at 1.4% for the lowest interception percentage, meaning only 1.4 of their passes get picked off. Who okay. is second behind them with lowest interception percentage? Now, is this current or it, or it could be a retired player or do I have to, it, no, no guess there. I just have to answer. Yeah, it could be current. It could be all time. Okay. All right, so lowest percentage in lowest in percentage ratio. I got two guys on mind. Um, I think I'm going to go with son of a gun. Ah, there's two guys in mind. Damn, I hate when that happens. The low in his lowest interception. 
Russell Wilson. Good guess, but no, it's not Russell Wilson. Is it Steve Young? <laughs> <laughs> no, the person who is second behind Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers with the lowest interception percentage is Dak Prescott. Oh, no kidding. Okay, wow. Yeah, wow. Dak, Dak Prescott at 1.7% of his passes getting intercepted. Interesting. All right, because I was thinking about Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. Good question. All right. Thank you, good. thank you. And just a little bonus nugget. Third behind Dak Prescott is a tie between Tom Brady and Colin Kaepernick at 1.8%. Wow, how about that? How about that? You see, people forget how good a player he was, man. Shoot. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I wish everything worked out and and he was he was our quarterback because he was doing amazing things with the RPO, man. Unbelievable. All right. Yeah, you you'd be it's funny. You see uh Colin Kaepernick on a lot of lists that you you'd be shocked. So no doubt. All right, let's go. We're doing another football question over here for me. Let's go with all right. I'm gonna give you one big mamma jammer right now. All right. Okay. How many and which quarterbacks? Well, you could go. You can go through how many quarterbacks if you're going to go through with your list. How many quarterbacks won back-to-back Super Bowls? But what I want you to do is to name them. So forget about the number for now. So which quarterbacks won back-to-back Super Bowls? And then we'll find out how many when you're done. Okay. So Tom, I gotta go. Tom Brady, of course. All right. Um, <clears throat> Terry Bradshaw. Okay. Um, Troy Aikman. Good. Mm, who am I missing? Did Joe Montana go back to back? He sure did. Okay. So Tom Brady, Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, and Bart Starr. Good one. Yes. Bart Starr. Look at you, brother. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So you got. Uh, so that's far. That's oh, five yeah, so you, far. Yeah. Do you think there's more? I'm trying to go through my head now. I'm going to say. I'm going to say that's it. I'm not sure. I'm going to say that's it. Five. All right. One, you're going to kick, you're going to, there was actually seven, and you're going to kick yourself in the butt with one of them. John Elway, his last. Oh, duh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one that, the one that I thought you would have a problem with is, is one, it's Bob Greasy with the Miami oh, Dolphins. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was kind of a sneaky one, but Bart Starr, you pulled out, and even Troy Aikman, very good job. Excellent job right there. So, you know, again, same with me. Not full credit, bro, but I definitely give you an applause on that. Yeah, no, I definitely should have got John that way, though. I was done. All right. Flips, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was his last two years. You know, it's, when I was writing down the question, I'm like making sure I knew it. I'm like, oh, shit, I almost forgot about Elway. So, yep, I actually almost forgot myself. But now, still, job well done, man. All right. How many more uh, football you got? I got one more question for you. Got one more. Okay, I'm ready. All right. All right, so this one kind of goes with the theme I was doing with the basketball players. So there are three active players in the top 20 in career receiving yards all time. 
Can you name those three players? All right, say it one more time. There are three active players in the top 20 in career receiving yards. Can you name those three players? Wow, okay. Um, let's go with Larry Fitzgerald. Definitely, yeah. Let's go with... Let me make sure I don't screw this up. Um... Oh, who's the guy that just came out? Um, Julio Jones. Good one. Got that one. So one more. All right. So top 20 in receptions. Receiving yards. I mean, receiving yards. I'm sorry. Receiving yards. And who did I get so far? <laughs> so you got Larry Fitzgerald and you got Julio Jones. So you got one okay. more. Julio Jones. One more. All right. Three players currently top 20 in receiving yards. Yeah, so I mean, currently me and they played through 2020. Yep, all right. Um, okay, receiving yards. Let's go, Jay, come on. You can do this. Let's go to... Oh, come on, come on. This one's tough, D. I'm going to give it to you, this last one. Slants one's hurting me a little bit. Um, oh, wow. Come on. Come on. Don't fail me. Don't fail me, brain. It's working. <laughs> Antonio Brown. That's close. Antonio Brown was really wow. close to the top 20, um, but it's not him. Damn. It's, Damn. A, it's a tough one. So you got Larry Fitzgerald. He's number two all time right now at 17,492 yards um he's only only four thousand behind jerry rice which is crazy yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> and number 20 is julio jones at twelve thousand eight hundred and ninety six yards and number 19 is jason witten at, wow. <laughs> yeah that's a sneaky one at thirteen thousand forty six yards you know what it makes sense my mind did go to tight end for a minute but for some reason he didn't pop in there very, very good question. I love it. I love these types of questions. This is excellent. Love these questions over here. All right. My turn. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I got all these questions here. All right. Hmm. I'm going to give you some. I'm still giving you a bonus, you know. It doesn't count toward the game. We're tied up what? I think we're still tied to one, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, I think we both got one, right? Okay. All right. Let's see. Okay. Uh, that one may be a little bit too much for the. I'll make that a bonus question. Okay. In 2005, the Super Bowl between the Steelers and the Seahawks, who won the MVP? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good one. It's not, not really the most memorable game. No, it wasn't. 21 <laughs> <laughs> 9, maybe. I don't even remember. Something yeah. bad. Like, yep. Yeah. A lot of missed calls in that one, too. Seahawks fans still mad about that game. Mm hmm. Um. <laughs> They remain that way, <laughs> even though they won one. You should give it up to that. Definitely. Man, who's the MVP that game? Yeah, the MVP going back to two thousand five: Steelers and Seahawks. Man, Run a really? little bit back, 15, 16 years ago. 
Yeah, I'm really racking my brain on that one. I have a feeling he's going to get it, guys. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm being very patient. I think that it may come to him. Mm. 2005, was it Heinz Ward? Yeah, baby! Oh. <laughs> yes! Way to go, bro. Very, very nice. Excellent job. Excellent job. Very well done. Bonus question in the house, baby. You took it down. Way to go. Way to go, man. I like it. I oh, like man. It. I was digging deep in my mind now on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that the second or third one I asked you? Um, I'm not sure. I think that was the that was Got the second that. football question, I believe. That was yeah. All right, let me uh, let I, let me hit you up with a bonus one. Okay. All right, let's do a bonus one. Who has the best yards per attempt? Okay, best rushing yards. Let me say that again. Who has the best rushing yards per attempt in NFL history? I believe that's still Jamal Charles. That is a fantastic answer. And if he's a running back, he is the answer. 5.4 yards per carry. Jamal Charles leads all running backs, but. Uh, rushing yards per attempt. Okay. Yep. <laughs> is the guy. Seven yards per attempt. Michael Vick all time. So I, I know that's a that good one. A tricky one. But you did say Jamal Charles, which if we're talking about running backs, is correct. So I'm going to say well done on that, bro. I'm going to say very well done. I like that. Good job out of you, man. All right. That was fun. That was fun. I'm totally digging it. Excellent. Excellent. No, those you are know, good questions. Yeah. I, but fair question. Yeah, Nikki, listen, take a hint. You see the fair <laughs> You know, that one's where we're going to be, like, not be able to sleep for a week. You know, wonder, but you know what? Now we're just kidding. We love Nikki. Nikki, hopefully we held it down for you the right way. Obviously, it was a different style. You're the only one who could do it like that. But, uh, yeah, Dean and I, uh, that was good. That worked out well. I like, I liked it a lot. You know, we don't really get to talk too much NBA. And as we were going through this, I wanted to kind of bring it to your mind. I know this is totally off the cuff. And, not, I mean, not that we rehearse or anything. But what would your starting five be in the NBA right now? Your starting five be? Oh, wow. That's a good question. So starting five current NBA players. Yeah, current players, of course. So I would go with Steph Curry at the one. Makes sense. At the two, as much as I don't like him, I'll have to go James Harden. Harden. Uh, at the three, I would go with Kawhi Leonard. Makes sense. At the four, I'll put LeBron. You could, you know, he's a small forward. He could play power forward. Right. Guard, everything. And then at center, I would go with Joel Embiid. Jo- okay. Joel Embiid. Yeah, right. so, so my five, Steph Curry, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, Joel Embiid. All right. Now, you, you know, this is funny. I'm trying to, like, think of mine and write down as we were doing this. And here's who came to mind, like, just right off the bat. Um, at center, you know, I was thinking, you know, whatever, Anthony Davis, um, and I was thinking about Embiid, but, you know, then again, he gets hurt or whatever. So I thought that the two-time reigning MVP and defensive MVP, Giannis, should be my center. I put that's that's Durant, a good way to go. Yeah, I, you know, why not? You know, he's been, uh, you know, his free throw shooting is to be questioned, but he's been doing better as of late. I'd probably put Durant at power forward. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's a big guy and there's other defense like Giannis in the middle. May, and keep LeBron at small forward. Let him bring the ball up once in a while. Maybe Kawhi at shooting guard. And then I was thinking of Luka at point guard. I don't know. I, yeah. What do you think of that? No, that's a really good five. That's a really good five. Uh, only reason I went with Steph are, I would go with Steph or Dame over Luka's. They're more consistent shooting the ball. Mm. Um, Luka, Luka can be a little inconsistent with the shot. Um, but outside of that, Luka's all-around game is phenomenal. So, yeah, that's not a bad five at all. Yeah, I love your five. I mean, you, you can't blame You got a lot of, you know, your backcourt is definitely three-pointers. You know, Curry and Harden, who can hit a whole bunch of them. Harden won for the Nets last night by himself. Ir- Irving and uh, Durant didn't even play. Uh, then you got Kawhi and then LeBron and Embiid. So, yeah, Embiid has been, you know, obviously having a much better season. Just to talk about this for a minute or two over here. And Stephen Curry... I- I, I can't argue that a point guard. I mean, I may take him over Luca actually now that I think about it. That's a possibility. But just one thing about the NBA that I think is has now really got to me and I really don't like it anymore because I love team basketball and I still believe that what is what wins ultimately. The three point shooting has gotten out of control, Damien. I think it's just now like way beyond craziness with how many three point shots are taken. Look, if you're making them great awesome and there's only a few handful of players that you know are really making them at you know a high 39 40 percent clip you're not going to find that a lot you know James Harden he loves to shoot the three and yeah he splashes a lot of them but misses a lot of them as well so I don't like this whole NBA now where it's you know it's it's shooting from three pointers and shooting from way beyond the arc like Damian Lillard does I do miss the passing, but overall, I miss like the high flying dunks that we don't see anymore. The game has changed a lot. Like it used to be like, uh, you know, you could shoot, you know, uh, it's great. You know, uh, this big. but no, man, the game has changed. It's, it's totally different. I don't see many players ram into the hole like LeBron does. at still at 36. It's everybody shooting three pointers, Damien. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. When you watch certain games, it literally comes down to who made more threes. Like sometimes it feels it feels like the strategy has been taken out where as somebody who, you know, as a podcaster who tries to analyze the game and you try to come up with something interesting to say, sometimes all you can say is, well, one team shot the ball better than the other team tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's nothing else you can really say because it literally was just them going up and down the floor shooting threes. Like as a Pelicans fan, there's a lot of games where it's just if we made threes that night, we won. If we didn't, we lost. It's like, oh, that's kind of boring. You yeah, know, you, you yeah. like more of teams being different. So I think that's why Joel Embiid has been such a big hit this year because he's bringing back the post-up player and how he's been dominating the post this year. And Nikola Jokic has been dominating the post this year, bringing back yeah. that post player. Um, so I do think there are teams that bring that different aspect. Utah is a team, when you watch them play, all the ball movement, the team defense, they bring those aspects that you want to watch as a basketball fan. And that's why they've been so successful this year with the best record in the league. That's right. So they still have those teams, but if you watch two teams that I wouldn't say two bad teams, but if you watch two teams that aren't at the top and you you can watch a game where if you watch, say, Dallas, for example, Dallas and New Orleans played maybe a week ago, and that game was literally just Luka if he made a play or shooting threes. Zion if he made a dunk or we shooting threes. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah. okay. So yeah, yeah. It's some I, I do like the different players though. Like watching Zion who doesn't shoot at all, right? Right. <laughs> With him, it's, a little, it's like, okay, it's different to watch. It's like, okay, he's go- we know he's going to drive the ball to the goal or post up, but at least it's different. 
At least it's not him just chucking up threes the whole time. He's using his power right. and his gifts that he does have. Eventually, he does need a shot eventually, but it's, it's kind of different, and it's nice to watch somebody who has to find different ways to score in that way. So I definitely agree with you there that sometimes you watch a game, it's like, okay, okay, they shot 53s, they made 30 of them, they won the game, and that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, to me, it's just crazy. You know, this, but <laughs> coaches don't call plays anymore unless this timeout call. Basically, it's just you know, ball up the court, let's chuck it up, and let's get back on defense, whether or not we hit it or not. It's it just drives me crazy, bro. You know, I miss that old stuff. I miss you know triangle offense, even if you want to get, just miss that basketball, not just chucking up these threes, but. I'll tell you what, man, I'll take an alley-oop any freaking day of the week. Those are my favorites when I see that. And to see how far back, and LeBron is like the master at that, like reaching back all the way, grabbing it and dunking it down. I mean, that's why we call them the best athletes in the world. Those are some of the most amazing things. Just just unreal, unreal. So, yeah, that's interesting. We have two different starting lineups. We got two of the same people in there um with uh obviously LeBron and Leonard and yeah Harden I mean god that guy's a real scoring machine dude I mean he really really is and think what could have been if they kept all those guys back in OKC with Westbrook and Durant how many titles they would have won if they could have just got along it's just incredible but the NBA is littered with talent it, it really is it's unbelievable and you know what I gotta tell you I'm proud of my Knicks they're playing hard right now Dean yeah now the Knicks look good uh, I think Julius Randle should be an all-star this year like he's been Definitely. balling um, the all-star, honestly, the Eastern conference, I'm actually going to do it this upcoming week on the real deal with Damian Adams name of all-stars. It's really hard. It's really hard to yeah. narrow down to um, 12 per conference, but I think Julius Randle should be in there. He's been balling the Knicks. Um, Thibodeau hasn't playing well. I love the addition of Derrick Rose. I love how Thibodeau is so loyal to Derrick Rose. He's like, wherever I go, I'm getting Derrick Rose. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but Derrick Rose has been a good addition to the Knicks, man. So they could be a team. If they get a little more consistent, they can maybe make a little noise there in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Give, you know, a top seed a little, just a little run for their money in the first round. Give them a game or two where they got to think about it, you know? Yeah, that'd be great. But what we need is, you know, Brooklyn not to be better than us every single year. That's just, it's embarrassing. <laughs> Because we're the New York Knicks, you know, we're the mecca of basketball, as you say, Madison Square Garden. They they got to get back. I mean, it's been a long, long, long time since they have been anywhere near relevant in the NBA. So, man, they're going to have to either do this thing in the draft or pick up a few players. But look, look where look where Kevin Durant and look where Kyrie Irving and James Harden ended up all going. They went to Brooklyn, nowhere near the Knicks. So that says a lot. That really does. It says a whole lot right there when you have three legitimate all-stars, three of the best 10 players going to one freaking team. Really sick, man. Oh, gosh. I'm glad we got some b-ball in there. We're going to get some more basketball going on and other shows and everything. We definitely got a couple more segments for you guys. We're going to take a very short break, and then we're going to do segment three, and then let it be. We'll be out of here for the night. So we're back in 30 seconds.
Crazy train over there for you guys, you Ozzy Osbourne fans. Like I said, we're on the letter O today in the alphabet. Hitting you, hitting you guys up with uh, what we have. So had some outcasts, and then we got Ozzy over here, and then that offspring before. I wonder what uh, Nikki would have picked. We'll see. We'll see what happens about that. But, uh, D, we got more show to go, man. We're bringing back an oldie but a goodie over here. Dinner Fight Club, huh? Yeah, man, I'm excited for this one, man, because you always have some good combinations to make me think, so I'm excited. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. As do you, without a doubt. Nick could be pretty clever herself. So, all right, let's go through a few over here. I got a few written down. You got a few. Let me start you off with one um, that just, you know, I went a little uh, superhero style. Thor, Black Panther, and Iron Man, because those are my three favorite Marvel characters. So Thor, Black Panther, and Iron Man. What are you going to do with these three? Well, I'm definitely taking Thor to the club with me. You know, in my, in my single days, you know, I'm taking him to the club with me. Um, <laughs> for a fight, I'm going to take Black Panther because he, you know, he has that suit, could absorb things. And, you know, he's he's badass. And I'm going to have dinner with Iron Man, pick his brain. All right. Yeah. You know what? I'm definitely in uh, congruence with you on Iron Man, dude. I, I would definitely want to pick his brain. This guy's got billions of dollars and everything. Who knows? Maybe you get a job through MIT. Who knows? So, yeah, I would definitely want to talk to uh, Tony Stark over there. Uh, Thor and Black Panther, I feel like they both can accomplish the mission in both places. But I would say that Thor, I'll take in a fight just so he can do like one sh- one smash hammer, both <laughs> Right on the floor, and that'll be it. Fight over, so we can get back in the club and hang out with Black Panther again. Wish he was still around. Can't wait for Black Panther two to come out. But I would be hanging out with him, man. You know that guy's a king, all right. So he's probably gonna have like a throne nightmare and everything like that. Obviously VIP. So listen, <laughs> when you're a king, of, king of a country with all this technology and everything like that, you're gonna be very well respected. So that's why I'm going to the club with him, my man. No, that's a good answer. I, I definitely didn't think about that part of it. Yeah, you, all the resources in the world. So, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Got everything, man. Got it, got it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get uh, let's get one of yours. All right. So my first one is a basketball one. And this one, <laughs> it'll be tough. So. Oh, boy. Dinner club fight. LaMelo ball, Lonzo ball, or LaVar ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy here we go um yeah this one is tough i don't know i feel like uh lamel's been balling out a little bit so uh i think i probably um probably think i take lamello into the club yeah i think i probably do that i think i would definitely take lavar in the fight because he's pissed off that he ain't getting the uh, accolades that his brothers are getting right now so let him take some frustrations out on everybody else um, I'm all right with that. And Lonzo, I would sit down and talk with him. And I, he seems like a, a guy who's got a lot on his mind. And I don't know. I just think it would be interesting to speak to him about how he was like, you know, so dominant in college and then coming over here, playing with the Lakers, 
kind of like how things are just rolling through his mind. So I think I maybe have a conversation with him about that and being the older brother, maybe being the wiser of, of them all. So that's the way I would go. Okay. Yeah, I definitely can see that one. I would take LaMelo to the club. He's the most outgoing of the kids. Um, he's not as outgoing as LaVar, the dad, uh, but he's, uh, as far as the kids, he's the most outgoing and seems a lot of, to be a lot of fun. So I'll take LaMelo to the club. LaVar's a big dude. He used to play football. Um, so right. I, would, I would take him in a fight. And I would sit down with Lonzo because Lonzo also, he has one of the best tattoos I've ever seen. I don't know if you've seen that sleeve that he has on, I believe, his right arm. Yeah, I never got to out the whole thing. It's too hard for me to, to look. But what, what does it say? So he has a picture of Malcolm X. Martin Luther King Jr. and Barack Obama. Oh, wow. Yeah, sleep on his arm. So I would love to talk to him and see like where his mind is as far as, you know, social issues and things like that. Uh, you have to be thinking about it in a strong way to get that tattooed on your arm. And he also made sure that he got really good tattoos too. So for me, somebody who's probably going to get more tattoos going forward, I probably would decide to see if I could afford his tattoo artist. Probably can't, but I would check <laughs> to see if I, could, if I could afford his tattoo artist as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, he definitely picked three great ones. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I did not know that. So, yeah, knowledge for Damien today. <laughs> Perfect. All right. I love it. I love it. Excellent. All right. Uh, let's get to the next one. I got, uh, I, you know what? We're going to go comedy style over here. Stand-up comics. And it's kind of old school, but we know them all. We okay. got Eddie Murphy. So we got number one, Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, may he rest in peace also, and Richard Pryor. So Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, and Richard Pryor. This is definitely an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a definitely interesting one. Um, I'm gonna go Eddie in a fight because he's the youngest of the three. That makes sense. And then I think partying with Richard would be a time of your life. Um, <laughs> maybe good. It could be good or bad. We're gonna find out, but <laughs> you're definitely gonna have a, a memorable time with with Richard, Richard Pryor, and then I would have the dinner with Carlin. You know what? I, I share. I, I'm going the exact same way as you. I'm with you all the way with uh, George Carlin. I definitely sit down, have some dinner with him. Man, that guy is one of my favorites of all time, and he's got other issues that he used to talk about. So he'd be very interesting for me, no doubt about it, being a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of all three of these guys. He's like the real kings of comedy over here, where it all like really, if I felt like started before, you know, um, there was black and white TV. But uh, Eddie Murphy, I'm with you. He's the youngest, so, you know, he's probably got a little more stamina, definitely more than, uh, you know, George Carlin or Richard Pryor would have. And Richard Pryor, yeah, I feel like he'd be excellent in the club, no doubt about it. I mean, I, you know, people would be running up to him left and right. So, like I say, sometimes I take the leftovers and they're okay. I don't mind it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree with you right there, my friend. Holy do. Good job. So, thank you, sir. Let me hit you with another basketball one. All right. All right. Well, this one actually is a mixture of athletes. Okay. So this one is a little remix. It's dinner, fight, club, or leave at home. So I have four on this one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's right. do it. I actually got the idea from listening to um, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin this morning. And they were talking about um, famous people who share birthdays. So today is Michael Jordan's birthday and Jim Brown's. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So, and December 30th is LeBron James and Tiger Woods' birthday. 
Uh-huh, that's correct, that's right. So for the Dinner Fight Club or Leave at Home, Michael Jordan, Jim Brown, LeBron James, or Tiger Woods? All right, Jim Brown, LeBron, and Tiger. Very interesting, okay. All right, um, here's what I would do. I'm definitely taking Jim Brown in a fight immediately because that guy's so <laughs> I don't, I don't care how old he is. He has gotten, got my back. I feel very, very safe with that dude around. No question. Um, Tiger, um, I'm not going, I don't think I would go to the club with Tiger. I think I go to the club with LeBron. He's still, you know, partier. I know he's not like that. You know, I mean, he's got a family and everything, which, which is great, but he's still got that youthfulness in him, which, uh, which I would take. And I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely want to talk to Tiger. I mean, gosh, he's probably got, like amazing stories just growing up and how quickly he learned to play golf. And then, you know, some of the unfortunate things that did happen in his life and then him making a comeback and winning the masses last year. And I'm leaving Michael Jordan at home because he's cheap. So he's going to have me pay for dinner. <laughs> All right. He's going to have me pay for dinner. Now I know he could be a little scrappy, but I just don't see him, you know, as a fighter too much, to be honest, he got maybe one or two scuffles in his day. And uh, yeah, uh, Tiger, definitely uh, go out to eat. But yeah, Michael Jordan, I'll leave it home. I don't think for me personally, he doesn't fit any of the other three categories. So let him just stay home and go to bed at, you know, 830 or whatever it is, whenever old people go to bed. So that's my <laughs> for that one. No, that's a good one. A very good reasoning there. Um, for me, I'm going to go dinner with Michael Jordan just because he was my idol. I know that he's been, a lot of people say he's been an asshole when they've met him. And sometimes you shouldn't meet your idols. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, I'm gonna have to take that chance and have dinner with Michael. Um, you said that well, though, that you said that well, and that is the saying. So I, yeah. I understand that. But, you know, this one is a pretty, you know, Bruce Arians say no risk it, no biscuit. In this case, you might be right. Yeah, I'll have to, I would have to risk it this time. Yeah. Uh, so for the fight, you're right about Jim Brown. Like at any age, a dude's scary. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. And I've seen LeBron party on Instagram. So I'm going to go with LeBron in the club. I'm going to leave Tiger at home. And it's hard because Tiger, I feel like, would be a very interesting conversation. But I'm going to leave Tiger at home this time. So I'm going to go dinner, Michael Jordan, fight Jim Brown, LeBron in the club. All right. All right. So we got kind of similar over there. I'm digging it. All right. I like it. Two B-ball questions. Beautiful. Okay. Awesome. All right. My turn. My last one I got for you over here. We got, you watch, you watch Friends. I've caught up on Friends a little bit, but yeah, I would know the characters. The characters yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure I was like, oh man, yeah, because I know we like Seinfeld more. I could have sworn I heard him say that, but here we go. Friends, Joey, Chandler, and Ross. What are you doing with those three? Wow. Um, so for a fight, I'm going with Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to the club with Chandler and I'm going to talk with Ross. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm with you. I'm Joey in the fight, in the fight. Cause he definitely, he was always the one we remember always the one that could fight and backed everybody up, even though friends didn't do that. They didn't have like fights in the show, but yeah, yeah he just seems like, he just seems like he would be the one that'd be ready to fight. Oh, without a doubt. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, you know, you come, you come from Brooklyn with this Italian family, without a doubt, they know how to throw their fist. Okay, no <laughs> so I'm down with that one. Let me see. I would probably have, you know, what I would do? I would 
have dinner with Ross because I'm, I'm all right. I'm with you. I would have dinner with Ross. I actually, you know, like dinosaurs and archaeology and stuff like that. So I wouldn't mind sitting around that. But Chandler, even though he's hysterical, he could be really annoying. So if we go into the club together, I don't have to listen to all the stupid jokes. The music will be so <laughs> loud that I'll be able to kind of free flow. Go, what? I didn't get that. Oh, you see that hottie over there? Hey, check that out. Let's go that way. You know, so I don't have to pretend like I can't even hear what he's saying because sometimes he can get a little chatty. So that's what I would do right there. That's mine. My okay. little yeah, we're on the same page with that one. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you, had, uh, you had another one? Yeah, I got one more for you. Right. So this one I went with commercial QBs. Oh. So dinner club fight, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield. Okay, Rogers, Mahomes, and Mayfield. Okay. Uh, whew, wow. I'm going to have to go to the it's, – it's tough, but I'm going to have to go to the club Baker Mayfield. I mean, the guy definitely parties, but the one thing I worry is are the police going to be after us at the end of the night? But I guess <laughs> I probably, I'll probably take that risk over there and give it a shot, even though I know that Mahomes can definitely party. Rogers is a little bit – you know, I don't think that he's that kind of guy. So um, I probably would take Aaron Rodgers in a fight, him being a little bit older and, you know, having the man strength. You know, I think I can count on him, you know, to do it. And, you know, he's got an attitude. He doesn't like to lose anything. So I think that he would probably win with me. So he don't want to do that. And Mahomes, I would love to talk to that kid and see how the hell did you get so mature when you were like 22 years old and become this amazing football player I would love to pick his brain about that. Like, not just how he got, you know, you know, all his athletic ability and everything like that, but even just the journey and sitting down for a year and then getting up the next season in 2018, it was, and right from the get-go becoming what he became, which is a living legend. So I'd probably go that way. Okay, I could see that. Um, for me, it's slightly different. So I would go to the club with Baker Mayfield. I do agree on that one. We've seen him party. We've seen him shotgun beers at baseball games. So I think yeah. that <laughs> he's somebody who'll be fun to be at a club with. And I like his commercials. Like I think he's a decent actor. And that's something that, you know, can translate to being fun in the club. Uh, I would go to dinner at Rogers, though. I think that Rogers would be an interesting conversation. Um, hearing him, I've done, I listened to a few of his interviews he did on the Pat McAfee show. Um, interesting guy, smart guy, very thoughtful. So I think that'd be a good conversation. And Mahomes, he's young, he's athletic, he can help me in a fight. Um, at least I know you could throw something at somebody and hurt him. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, not yeah, not a bad call. He does has a great right arm. Does you know that about it? And yeah, I hear what you say with Rogers. He's into a lot of things that that I like with the, you know, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. He's he's deep into these things. I got the UFOs coming to get us, and he's half joking and half serious. So <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would do that too. But still, uh, I think that uh, I'll, I'll still stick with mine. But I don't mind yours at all. Not bad, not freaking bad. All right, that's pretty darn good. I like it. We brought it back. We haven't had dinner fight club in, geez, what like four or five months? I can't keep up with the time, but it's been a while. So yeah, we'll bring it back again next week, man. We'll re-roll this thing. We'll get you know new, uh, whether it's athletes, actors, comedians regular people, cartoon characters, whatever the freak, it doesn't matter. We can come up with it. We'll do it. Whatever comes with our brains. Deep. So, all right. I like that. We brought it back. That was fun. And now it's time to get into another favorite. 
unpopular opinions, which you brought to the show, which I love. And I have a very interesting one of myself today. And there's a story behind it, but I would love it if you kicked it off and told us yours. So uh, for my unpopular opinion, let me tell you a story about the one I did last week first. So last <laughs> week, if you guys didn't, you know, listen, are you, you know, catching up on the show now? Last week, my unpopular opinion was about dogs, right? And I'm not the biggest dog person, and but it was more centered towards dog parents, people that treat their dogs or act like right. their dogs are actual kids. Right. And I was um, driving for Lyft and listening back to our, our show. And the person who got in the car right when I was doing my rant on dog parents was a dog parent. <laughs> and they were like, oh, my God, who is this hateful person talking about dogs in this way? I love my I forgot the name of the dog. It was like Emily. I had a regular name. She's like, I love my Emily. And you could tell she had one of those purses that she could fit her dog in. She oh. <laughs> was one of those types. And she was just so like just so pushed back by it, like taken aback by my opinion about dogs. It was hilarious. Um, but her husband oh. actually subscribed to the show. So hopefully he's listening now and getting a good laugh out of this. <laughs> right. There you go. That worked out perfect, right? There. More listeners the better. There you go. Oh man, that's good. That is good. I love that. I love that. And when it, you get stories to back it up, it's even better. Oh, yeah, no, that, yeah. that was it was hilarious to listen. Um, but so for my unpopular opinion today, my unpopular opinion today is for me, it's about people in general, right? I've been seeing a lot of people say, man, I can't wait to get back to normalcy. I can't wait to get back to, you know, being around people. And part of that, I agree with, you know, I want to be able to go to concerts. I want to be able to go to games. That's the biggest thing I want to be able to do um, is go back to games. Right right now, Phoenix, the Suns are allowing people in the arena, but it's only like 1500. So all the tickets are already bought by the season ticket holders and they resell them at crazy prices. So not really able to get back in yet. So that's something I am looking forward to. But with some people, like, as far as saying, like, you know, we need to get back out there. Some people don't need to get back out there. We need some people to stay quarantined forever. Like some people, <laughs> we, need, we, we need them to stay in their homes and just act like the pandemic never ends. Like even when we all are vaccinated or, you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of people won't do it. You know, some people, you know, are against it and stuff like that. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, are gonna, you know, make it last even longer. So, but for the people who, you know, some people just don't need to be out here. You know, I've when I you being a Lyft driver, you know, I do that from time to time. You see certain people like this person shouldn't be outside. And <laughs> <laughs> for me, that my popular opinion is that's not all of us need to get back in society. Some people <laughs> need to stay home, stay quarantined, you know, door dash it. And I think the world would be a better place if certain people, I would say maybe like 20% of us didn't come back outside, just stayed, <laughs> just stayed home. 
I think that's absolutely hysterical because it's freaking true, man. You're absolutely <laughs> right. There is a large percent of this population that needs to be just, just completely caged in their house forever for all time. You're 100% right. I know, back to normal. Okay, when that happens, that happens. We'll see. But let's stop talking. Let's move on and do what we can do. But, oh, my God, you're right. There's some people that do not even belong in this world and like, yes, keep them home. That's it. Let them punch. Soap operas all freaking day, whatever, man. Oh, that's so funny. Dude, you have me rolling today, bro. Good ones. Really good ones. I like it. All right. My unpopular opinion, um, you know, just came to me, you know, like a little flash in the head. And then I realized that there was a story behind it. My unpopular opinion, and even it sucks with me because it's better this way, is that they should not serve glass at bars, whether it's a glass bottle or a glass drink, everything to me should be plastic. And here's the reason why. There's a lot of reasons, but here's exactly the reason why. Me and my buddies are out one night. I'm going to make a very long story short. Unfortunately, we get into a scuffle with some others inside the bar. And at the end of it, somehow somebody threw a beer bottle and it hit me directly under the eye. And I was about, I don't know, I, I mean, they, they didn't say how close I was, but the scar is directly under my eye to the point where less than an inch, easy. We're talking a half inch, probably. I would not have a left eye today. So I still got totally messed up. You know, I, my nose was broke. I don't even know how that freaking happened. It was such a crazy freaking thing. I don't know if the bottle hit it, whatever it was. But there are people all over the world every day right now at this moment who are in bars drinking, getting in bar fights and cracking the bottle over the over the counter like they're doing the movies and say, come here. All right. Come here. You want to fight? Glass bottles should not be served. I had to go to the hospital. I had plot, you know, messed up blood vessels in my mind all from this. The only time I remember getting hit was the beer bottle and the whole entire thing, because when you're fighting, you don't even feel when people are hitting you. You have so much adrenaline rushing. But when that happened, that was a whole different thing. And I felt this pain immediate. And I turned around to the bartender and he's like, holy shit. I'm like, holy shit, what? You know, I thought I lost my eye. I was scared to death. He's like, no, under your eye, man. It's crazy cut. You know, again, like I said, I had to go to the ambulance, everything. I had to go to the ambulance, took me to the hospital. Uh, so it all worked out. Okay, thank God. But I almost lost my eye because some punk threw a beer, a full beer bottle at me. So my point is, again, overall, Dean, I'm sorry you had to stick to that story as I'm remembering it because it really, really sucked. Uh, there, there's no need. I know it tastes better out of a bottle of beer. And, you know, if you're, if, you know, you drink Jack Daniels, whatever you want to have it out of your glass with the Ron the Rocks, whatever. I totally understand all that. But you know what? You're out at a bar. And if you want to make things safer, better, easier without damage, I think plastic is the way to go. And if you want to have a bottle, Get your ass up, go to 7-Eleven, and bring you at home a six-pack or a 12-pack, whatever you want. So, D, that's why I think that they should not serve glass at bars, no glass at all. And, and I know that's not popular because we all like what we like the way that we like it. It's usually in a glass form when it comes to drinking. But to me, again, in bars, it's very unsafe, and um, we know too many stories of things that have happened. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, especially at bars. Like, I can see, you know, more of your sit-down restaurants making sure they have the glass, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you like, less likely to have a fight there, but the bars. And also, me being from New Orleans, we switched when I was in high school. 
you know, I, I guess the, uh, um, you know, it's past now. I'm trying to remember the term, um, but basically I was drinking when I wasn't supposed to, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> I can't get in trouble. I can't get in trouble for it now. But I no, remember, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I was in high school, they switched from having glass bottles to everything being plastic on Bourbon Street. And yep. Yep. Okay. They, they switched it because fights would happen on Bourbon Street, people get hurt. And you can take your stuff outside the bar in New Orleans. Like you can get your drink uh-huh. and just walk down the street. So it's much safer and way better just to have you a plastic drink, your plastic bottle, your plastic cup, or your plastic hand grenade um, <laughs> with you walking down Bourbon Street than it is to have something glass in your hand. Especially if you're drunk, you could not even do it on purpose. You just dropped the bottle and now yeah. you have a dangerous situation. So I definitely agree with you there. And it was way better for Bourbon Street afterwards to do it that way. So even today, if you were going Bourbon Street, it's all plastic and you get it because you can get it, walk out the bar, have a good time on Bourbon Street, dance, whatever. If you drop it, it's just a plastic bottle dropping. Right. That's it. And it's not going to hurt anybody. It's not going to hurt anyone. So I totally agree with that. I remember there was a time here in Florida that they passed the law. It was very brief. It didn't last, unfortunately, where they were doing the same thing, hang, hang, handing out those big red cups or whatever. And it's like whatever whatever you wanted. But um yeah, that's my story. I almost lost an eye because of it. And I never even found the kid. You know, I got, I'm just, just unbelievably upset. But yeah, that's, that's crazy. Why I, yeah, I don't think they should serve uh, glass, any type of glass in bars. And, you know, like you said, you get to go outside, you can have fun out there. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody's going to get a little beer, beer spilled on them. Okay, stuff happens, but at least there's not going to be glass involved. So, yeah, I feel very strongly about that. So anybody listening to this right now, I don't know, maybe you want to jump on board and we can like petition the whole freaking country just to have plastic there so everybody can keep their eyeballs together, you know. But uh, that's unpopular opinions uh, for this week, Ding. And uh, we could have had a third, but uh, we're going we're gonna to run it back. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're going to run it back next week. I'm pretty, I can't wait to hear Nikki's next week when she comes back. Uh, it's, it'll definitely be fun. Yeah, I'm sure she'll have some stories as well, no doubt about it. All right, well, that, that, uh, all right, that was good. Also, it was a little public service announcement, so we'll see how far that goes and how, how long the year reaches. But uh, to conclude everything over here, I'm just bringing this on Damien now. I'm going to have a game of who would you rather have, and it's one player versus the field. Not in, It'll be on an individual basis, not all at once, but I'm going to tell you who the quarterback is, and you're going to tell me if they're better worse or kind of even or who plain simple who would you rather have has nothing to do with the team they're playing for we're just talking about the quarterback's individual skills i'm going to put up lamar jackson against one two three four five six seven eight different quarterbacks all right dc tell me who would you rather have so lamar jackson's our main guy we're dealing with would you rather have him or kyler murray oh that's a good one I'm going to go Lamar Jackson for right now. Okay. Uh, I feel like Lamar being a former MVP, uh, being bigger, I think definitely helps Lamar Jackson as well, seeing over the line. Um, And he's been able to do more or less, in my opinion. Kyler Murray had his best year this year, throwing to DeAndre Hopkins and still having Larry Fitzgerald on the team. We haven't seen Lamar Jackson with a dynamic receiver yet. So I think that would definitely – something that we have to see him with before we give Kyler Murray the edge over Lamar Jackson. 
I think that's uh, that's a very that's a great answer actually. It makes a heck of a lot of sense. And if you look at the year before this, he was the MVP of the league, not just because he was running all over the place, but he had 36 touchdown passes and uh, you know I forgot 12 interceptions. I don't remember what it was, but he had a ridiculous year. I think it was even less than that. So um, yeah, we know what he can do. There's no doubt about it. And that one's a tough one for me. Um, Kyle Murray not being able to lead his team to the playoffs this year. Had me worried a little bit, but then you look at the NFC in its entirety and you see that there are better teams out there. So this one's kind of tough for me. Um, You're right. Give Lamar Jackson a real deal wide receiver and let's see what happens. So that's exactly what they need. And I would expect them to address address that in the draft. There's a lot of good wide receivers coming out. All right. Good. All right. So I like your explanation. All right. How about this one? Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen? Hmm. I got to go with my man, the quantum leap, leap, leap. <laughs> yeah, I got to go with Josh Allen because he took such a leap in his passing ability. And he can run as well. Now, of course, he's not the athlete that Lamar Jackson is, you know, who is. But he's able to take off, get 15, 20-yard chunks at a time. And also, he's more accurate than Lamar Jackson now throwing the football. Now, of course, yeah. he does have more weapons than Lamar Jackson, like we mentioned with Kyler Murray. But with Josh Allen, you can see that he's able to take advantage of those weapons and maybe a way that Lamar Jackson couldn't because Lamar Jackson is inconsistent uh, with his accuracy. Uh, you know, And Josh Allen has become more consistent. The only thing with Josh Allen is he'll just have those plays every once in a while where you're like, what are you doing, Josh? Yes. Like, <laughs> he'll have those every once in a while. He'll take a 20-yard sack. You're like, really, really, Josh? You took a 20-yard sack? So he'll have those. <laughs> I was just going to say that he'll take a 20-yard sack, exactly what you were thinking, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he'll have those plays, but he's definitely more consistent now than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, let's see. Let's uh, hope it's not a one-year wonder. But, man, you made – what a call you made. Again, for anybody who doesn't know, the reason why we say quantum leap, leap, leap every show when Josh Allen's name is mentioned is because Damien, in the beginning of the year before anything started, said that Josh Allen was going to take a quantum leap this year. And he did, and a lot of other networks stolen that term already that I've seen. But you were all over that. So that was prophecy at its best right there, bro. Well done. Well done. All right, let's go on. Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield? Who do you want leading your team? Yeah, I got to go Lamar on this one. Yeah. Um, I- Baker, Baker did a good job. He's somebody who can manage the game. But you have to have that running game that Cleveland has, right? Now, Baltimore does have a running game, but their running game is centered around the fact that Lamar Jackson runs a 4-3, right? So (laughs) it's different. Baker Mayfield wouldn't be able to thrive in that system the way he thrives in Cleveland. So I have to go Lamar Jackson. I think he's just way more dynamic than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he's way more. I I agree with you. He's more of a a valuable player to his team than Baker Mayfield is because, again, you know, they're they're running the ball, but he's not running the ball. Like you said, Lamar Jackson, he's that extra threat, like the 11th guy that you normally don't have to account for. But in his case, you certainly do because he can take off. He's zero to 60 in, in two seconds. It's amazing. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, let's see what you think about this one, bro. Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a it tough is. one. Because Dak, before he got hurt, was playing phenomenal, you know, the Cowboys, their struggles definitely were not on him at all. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was the last person to 
something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And mm, I'm going to go slightly Lamar Jackson. It's a tough one. I'm going to go slightly Lamar Jackson because of they kind of do some of the same things. The way Prescott got hurt was doing a option run play where he took the ball and it was a good play. Like he gained, he gained like five, six yards. It just happened to be, you know, a tragic tackle. But right. it was a good play. Lamar Jackson, he's probably gone on that play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the difference between them in that aspect. And passing the ball, Dak Prescott's definitely a better passer, but I don't think he's as far above him, as above, as far as above Lamar Jackson as Lamar Jackson is above him running the ball, if that makes sense. But uh, Yeah, those make sense. You know, because a good barometer would be if, you know, Lamar Jackson had Dak Prescott's weapons. True. Very true. You know? yeah. And that's what Dak is working with. I mean, I disagree with you slightly. And for me, I, you make the better points. I'm not going to make as good points as you because it's the truth. Lamar Jackson does not have as much to work with, you know, except they're very creative running game. And he can hit Mark Andrews and once in a while, Marquise Brown downtown. But um, I, I, Dak, Dak, to me, it's not just that he's a more he's an extremely accurate passer. I think he's third in the league over the last five five years, four years, whatever it is. But I would probably go to him because I feel like he became a leader. I'm not sure Lamar Jackson is a leader. It's going to be like the real, real leader that that vocal. I'm really not sure. But Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott clearly became the leader, and the intellect between his ears. He's a smart guy. He, again, he can scramble. He's certainly not as fast as Lamar Jackson, but he can pick you up first downs on third and eight, running the ball as well. So I like Dak Prescott a little bit more. And I say, you know, that leadership goes a long way. And I, I, it's just that, you know, your quarterback has to be your leader pretty much, right, Damien? So yeah. I, Lamar Jackson's personality isn't so much geared toward that or it doesn't appear that way. So do you think that, you know, while he grows up, that, you know, he'll mature into that sort of rah-rah guy? Um, I don't know if he'll ever be a rah-rah guy, but he does seem like the players who gravitate towards him. Like, he has a personality where he's very likable. Like, seeing some of his press conferences, like, he got uh, uh, super giddy about one of the reporters being named Mike Jones. Um, (laughs) So it's something that (laughs) I think he has that kind of goofy personality that people like. And you got to remember how young he is. I know Dak Prescott isn't old by any means, but... Lamar Jackson, you know, came in so young and is still, you know, what, 23? So it's 24, he just turned 24. So with him just turned 24, I think he will mature into more of a leader as time goes on. But I think he does have the personality that people gravitate towards. It's not like a Carson Wentz where you're in the opposite of people going away from him, you know? Right, right. No kidding. Exactly, exactly. Okay, well, you know what? Good explanation. We slightly disagree. I mean, the margin is very, very small. There's no doubt about it. But all right, there you go. There you go. I have an interesting one for you. Um, Somebody who is clearly not proven, but proved a lot in one year, Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert? Oh, the potential of Justin Herbert is so intriguing, right? Because that's the thing I know. (laughs) He, yeah, he balled out and you just, you know, you hope that, you know, their new coach, Brandon, is Brandon Staley, if I remember correctly, you know, is able to take full advantage of his abilities and get him weapons around him. Man. Yeah, this is a tough one because 
it's still unknown the ceiling of Justin Herbert. He could be that next guy. Like he could be somebody challenging Patrick Mahomes as the best, you know, QB in the league in a couple of years, maybe if he continues to improve with what we saw. And I don't know if Lamar ever gets to that point. Mm-hmm. So on a, yeah, on a potential alone, I'm gonna go Herbert. It might be blasphemous, but I'm gonna go Herbert because I think Herbert has the potential to get to a Patrick Mahomes type level. That's a high level, but it's something that he may have the capability of doing. That's the thing. I, yeah, we're more, you know, progressing a little bit toward the future, obviously, but he did just have a year with 31 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions where he was meant to be the backup for a while was not the plan for him to go in. So here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. He's still, like you said, he's still very young. He's got a lot of time left with his legs, but that's his main part. That's part of what makes him so great is the fact that he can run with the ball like a maniac and it's unbelievable what he does. His ball isn't the prettiest, but yeah, like you said before, he needs more weapons. And Justin Herbert definitely had weapons with Chargers, there's no doubt. But he's got like quarterback written all over him. He's like six five, six six. He's got like the stature. He reminds me of Josh Allen already. So with that whole risk reward thing, yeah, I know it's rough. We just saw Justin Herbert once. Lamar Jackson got the Ravens to the playoffs or helped get them there. You know, two years in a row, things didn't work out. It's a tough one, but I think with the potential, I may have to agree with you with Justin Herbert. So, yeah, the only reason why I'd be blasphemy is because it's only one year. But we saw what he can do in that one year and what Dan Marino, a guy like him, did in his first year, not comparing the two necessarily. But that that definitely is a tough one. Um, Let me give you a couple of more before we get out of here. I love having your answer to these questions. And, yeah, it's funny how a year ago Lamar Jackson may have been over every single one of these quarterbacks that we're mentioning, but – things change. And that's why when you look at consistent guys a little bit more like maybe a Matt Stafford, who just got traded to the Rams, he hasn't been on great teams, but he's been consistently a, a great quarterback, just can't get the job done because he can't rely on anybody else to help him. So right now, not Matt Stafford at his best, you know, right now, Matt Stafford or Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I got to go Lamar Jackson now. Um, Stafford, I believe, can make all the throws. Like, his arm is golden. Um, but with Lamar Jackson, that dynamic ability when it comes to passing and running. Like, imagine if Lamar Jackson was on that Rams team. Mm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it would you be like, it's, it's over. Like, you're projecting them Super Bowl right away. Now, some people will already do that with Stafford. Um, but with Stafford, you know, at 33 now, you know, there's some things to prove there. A 24-year-old Lamar Jackson, his ability to run the ball, how I could just see Sean McVay having, doing so much with Lamar Jackson on that Rams team. So I would go Lamar Jackson there. All right. All right. I, and you know what? So would I. I actually agree. I think Lamar Jackson uh, under center, of, I should say in shotgun for the most part with the Rams would be pretty insane the things that Sean McVay can draw up with that quarterback would be freaking unbelievable and yeah Stafford is a statue in in the in the I'm sorry in the pocket he he can slide he can move he can do all that but he's not going to run with the ball or anything but he's still very underrated we'll see what happens with him this year but I do agree with you on that let me do one more and I think I know where you're going to go but but uh I'm I'm going to ask it anyway Deshaun Watson yeah you gotta go Deshaun 
you got yeah, to go Deshaun I, on, on that one because Deshaun gives you that dynamic ability of creating plays. And now he more wants to scramble to throw compared to Lamar Jackson, but also has right. that ability to run if needed, can get 10, 15 yards. He's not going to break a 50-yarder like Lamar can, but you don't need that when you have somebody who's so accurate, who can make all the plays like a Deshaun Watson. So yeah, I got to go Deshaun because Deshaun's, you know, there's only a few quarterbacks who you truly would take over him. Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, maybe. Maybe Russell Wilson. Maybe Russell Wilson. Yeah. So it gets like, it gets really narrow after those first two with Deshaun yeah. Watson. So I got to go Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I hear you, man. Jeez. Who is that? Who is that other quarterback I was thinking of that belongs right there in that category with him? Uh, I can't believe it's slipping my mind right now. Uh, geez, ah, it's too bad. There was another quarterback I was thinking that's still in that upper echelon. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Rodgers, Mahomes, and... I'm done. I'm going through my head now. So, Josh, would you put Josh Allen top five already? Ah, that's the thing. If I could just remember who the hell he was up against. I think that Josh Allen after what we saw this year is probably top five, maybe number five, maybe number six at worst. So he definitely belongs in the conversation, but I'm not going to say he's better than Russell Wilson. Um, I will say he's better than Lamar Jackson though. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm right there with you on that one. Um, so I just think of that other, uh, that other quarterback that I was thinking of, that's really bothering me right now. Uh, we said, well, definitely wasn't Kyler Murray, and I'm just trying to go through my head. Rodgers, no. Would you still put Tom Brady up there? He, that's a tough one. Um, pro- probably, even though we, we know that he didn't win the Super Bowl, you know, by himself. He had help all over the place. I mean, he's got to still be talked about in those, you know, five, six, seven area ranges. You know, Drew Brees could have been somewhere in there, but – no, it's not Cam Newton. Not, I'm having a tough time thinking about who it was. I can't believe it can't come to me right now. But we know Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and A.A. Rod, like, like <laughs> you mentioned also, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, obviously, just we're in such good – the league looks great with quarterbacks, even though it's a quarterback carousel this year. There's so much talent out there and more coming in, you know, with – I mean, we can have four quarterbacks, four or five even drafted in the first round this year. And that depends how many teams need quarterbacks. So if just for a second, D, before we end the show, if we have five minutes left, we have at least that amount of time. Yeah. All right. All right. I want to go through just real quick with you, which teams do actually need a quarterback and which don't at the moment. Now we know that there are going to be teams that are trading obviously for a quarterback or looking elsewhere with Carson Wentz and whatnot. But I don't know. Let's just see. We know Seattle is set with Russell Wilson. The Rams just got Matt Stafford. The Cardinals got Kyla Murray. The 49ers, I don't want them to stick with Jimmy G, but I'm getting a feeling that they might. Do you think that he's going to – do you think that he'll be the starter? I think they're definitely going to try their best to not have him as a starter. Uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think – but we, we don't know what Deshaun Watson's true situation is. If the Texans are going to just be super stubborn – and make him sit out to prove that he doesn't want to be there. So if that's the case, then I think they'll be with Garoppolo. Um, Yeah, I don't see them trading for anyone else that may be free, right? I don't see them going after Carson Wentz um, or 
Yeah, think Matt Ryan up there? Matt Ryan? Maybe Matt Ryan. Yeah, because, you know, he has a relationship. We've said it a million times with Kyle Shanahan. Um, he still can play, right? He's been in a bad situation the past couple of years where he doesn't have any help on a defensive end. Um, but he still can throw that rock. He's become more of a statue in that pocket, though, on the last few years. Um, but No doubt. Yeah, but he's somebody who could still get, get the job done. And with that offense, he wouldn't have to do too much with the running game and the defense if it's healthy. So I could see that happening. So, yeah, I can see Matt Ryan. Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm praying to, to the football gods that it's Deshaun Watson somehow. We would be unbeatable at that point. Forget about it. Might as well not even play the season. Uh, as of right now, Matt uh, Ryan is the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Unless something crazy changes, the Panthers, um, they're in talks of looking for a new quarterback. Right now they got Teddy Bridgewater, but they're talking about getting Deshaun Watson over there in some sort of blockbuster deal. Do you think that he might end up in Carolina or it'll be a different team altogether? Yeah. So it depends on Deshaun. Deshaun has the power with the no trade clause. We don't know what, yeah, what his thought process is towards Carolina, right? We've heard things about the jets, right? And if he's okay with the jets, he should be okay with Carolina. You would think, Um, (laughs) but Carolina's, Carolina, from what we're hearing, seems like they're done with Teddy, uh, at least as a starter. They want right. to try to move forward. And they're even, you know, from what we've heard, willing to move Christian McCaffrey to get it done. Right. Yeah. And exactly. if want. you're the Texans, do you take on a Christian McCaffrey to be the face of your franchise while you go through this tough time that you're about to go through? And Christian McCaffrey still has a lot of money for a running back on his kind. He's the highest paid running back of all time. So that's a lot of money to pay him if he, especially if he can't stay healthy. He did. He had a bad year health wise this past season. So is that enough to get Deshaun Watson, you know, Christian McCaffrey, two first rounders, a second rounder, something like that. Is mm-hmm. that enough? Um, so for me, it'll be interesting because Carolina, I like the way they're coached, like the way they played last year under a new coach. Um, they have some talent there. They need more, even with Deshaun Watson, they still would need more to truly be competitive. Um, so I think, I don't, I don't think he'll go to Carolina. I don't think they'll have enough. Cause I don't think they're going to take on Christian McCaffrey in that contract. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and even that's a lot to give up for just one player also, you know, some draft picks are valuable and, and McCaffrey, they don't, I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey, you know, running backs like that just don't come out of nowhere, but their lifespan is usually shorter, you know, unfortunately. And Teddy B, yeah, we know he's not the guy. So I'm thinking Matt Rule's got a long contract. They're nowhere near the Super Bowl. The organization knows it. I think they may make a trade with either the Jets or the Dolphins at two or three and pick up one of these quarterbacks. It won't be Trevor Lawrence, but I think they're going to do that um, based on Matt Rule's college experience and recruiting and grooming because this team needs a complete makeover, bottom line. So I think they may make a trade. So we'll watch out for that. Obviously, we're going to talk about the NFL draft, you know, with time to come. So we'll get there. Uh, we know that Tampa Bay's with Tom Brady for one more year at least. New Orleans Saints, this is your team. Is it Jameis Winston? Is it somebody that's not on the team? What, what do you think? Or do you know anything? Uh, I don't know anything. Like, I've been, you know, keeping my – New Orleans Saints alerts all, all turned on so I can see what's going <laughs> on. Um, but they haven't been any any new news with our QB situation. Last thing I heard is that Sean Payton really likes what he saw from Jameis during the year. Uh, I don't think Taysom Hill's the guy. We saw Taysom Hill 
start four games. He went three and one. A lot of people have been pointing that out, but you have to be honest about those three wins. Two came against Atlanta. One came against Denver, who didn't have a quarterback due to COVID. Right. So, and he literally was barely the best QB in that game going against a wide receiver from the practice squad. So you have to be honest about Taysom Hill. He's a great talent, great athlete, but he's not a good starting quarterback in this league. I think Jameis has proven that he's definitely better than Taysom as a quarterback. And under Sean Payton, I think Sean Payton believes he can make him into a somewhat safer quarterback. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to have a 1.4% interception percentage um, like uh, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. But if you get him just down a little bit, down from 30 to 15, 12, makes a big difference. I think yeah. I would be interested in seeing Jameis. I think a, Robert, a quarterback with a big arm like that in our offense would be something dynamic to see. Uh, you know what? If, if there's a guy that can, that can fix that uh, turnover problem, it'd be Sean Payton. Uh, so I know that he's in good hands over there. It's just does he have the ability uh, mentally, physically, all that stuff. And we may find out because he may be the starting quarterback because they're not a team that's rebuilding. They're ready to win now. They don't need to draft a rookie quarterback uh, at least not in the first round. That's that's for sure. So, moving along to the Washington football team, um, you know this, this dude Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke. I can't even pronounce his name sometimes. And then Alex Smith saying that he still has a lot to prove. And it, it'll probably be one of those guys. They might just go with Heineke and see what happens. Unless I think that, and again, we're going back to Deshaun Watson. I don't want to spend a lot of time in this. I think that, that Watson would be great for the Washington football team. They need offense. And he could produce the offense. They got the defense already. I think that would be a great fit, and they can take over that freaking whole entire division. So Washington, that, that that one's up in the air. But man, I know that I feel like Watson would fit really well over there. Yeah, nah, he would. Now, what does Houston want back? Is the big question, right? Yeah. If I'm Houston, I'm asking for at least one of those dynamic defense alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Because that's what makes Washington special right now is the fact that they have four to five defense alignment who can all rush very well. Uh, You know, Chase Young is off limits. So are you getting sweat? Are you getting one of those other guys? Uh, And also, you know, you're asking for draft picks as well. So is is it worth it to get Deshaun Watson? And now that defense isn't as dynamic as it once was because you have to give back one of those players. Uh, Because if I was Houston, I'm definitely asking for one of those guys back. And now, I would want to give Heineke a chance. Heineke looked good. He looked dynamic against that Bucks defense. We saw what that Bucks defense did to the Saints, to Green Bay, to Kansas City. So the fact that Heineke, now looking back at it now, that performance is even more impressive <laughs> looking at what the Bucks defense yeah. did going yeah. forward in the playoffs. So uh, I would give Heineke a chance to start, man. I'll give him a chance to win that starting job. Alex Smith, I don't know if they're going to keep him. It's a great story. Um, but right. – I don't know if he can stay healthy and that money on his contract isn't guaranteed anymore. And it's a big amount if he stays on the roster. Yeah, exactly right. I'm with you on that. I don't think he's on the team next year unless it's in more of a rah-rah capacity. So I'll agree with you there. Uh, We know we talked about the Cowboys already. We're going to find out what happens with Dak. We know Carson Wentz is out of Philly and Jalen Hurts is most likely, unless it's a quarterback for quarterback trade, and I don't even know who they would do that with. Jalen Hurts is likely going to be the, day one starter and the Giants got Daniel Jones uh the Packers they got Aaron Rodgers uh the Vikings with Kirk Cousins again I was thinking trade Kirk Cousins 
over for uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously with a lot more draft picks, yada, yada. So right now they got him. The Lions got Jared Goff. The Chicago Bears are the team in that division, D, that we don't know exactly what's going to happen. They got Trubisky, they got Foles, but they don't want either one of them to start. And they're going hard after Carson Wentz, which is a little risky in itself. Yeah, yeah, they could be the first team to have three QBs and not have none. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So they could change the whole cliche. Um, Yeah, with, with them, you just... And it's crazy. They've been searching for a QB their whole franchise life. Like they've yep. never had a time where you're like, okay, I can see this. You know, Jay Cutler is probably the closest thing they've got to a franchise QB throughout their history, unless yeah. you, you want to say Jimmy Mann. But yeah, Jay Cutler has all their records. He's probably their best, the most gifted passer in Chicago history is probably Jay Cutler. And it's something that's like, how can you not figure this out by now? Like, how can you not (laughs) figure out, like, you need a QB, who to get? And Carson Wentz, the talent's there. We've said it before. The talent's there, but is he mentally gone to the point where you can't bring him back? Yeah. And Chicago definitely isn't the spot where you're like, oh, this is where a QB goes to get back to form. (laughs) You definitely don't say that about Chicago. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, now Deshaun Watson there would be awesome if that that defense uh, if they can hold on to Robinson at receiver that would right. be awesome um, but I don't think he'll still be there either so yeah it's it's a mess there in Chicago and the crazy thing is they made the playoffs with that so they have talent there but QB is the most important position they can't figure it out for some reason yeah, I know. I and mean, look, if they do end up with Carson Wentz, then to me, bottom line is, uh, yeah, you got to going to have to give it a, a year or so. But I think that once he leaves Philly, I think that he'll be able to get all that behind him, throw the city behind him, and everything, and not have to worry about it, and just concentrate on football. And yeah, like I like you know, most of the physical talent is there. It's what's between the ears right now is what's happening. So we'll see. All right, let's get to the AFC real quick. Run through this bad boy. And then uh, we'll call it a day. Jacksonville's going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Houston, we've been talking about them all show and everybody in the media. So it's a matter of time before Deshaun Watson is traded in for who? Tennessee Titans got Ryan Tannehill. And the Colts are going to get, that's where I think Carson Wentz is going to go, is to Indianapolis. Um, but maybe they go with, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett, because he's, you know, he's very viable. I don't know if he's going to take you over the top, but Indianapolis clearly has a big void with a really good team. So they got to put somebody there. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a great team around a hole at the QB position right now. Um, this would be, you know, awesome time for Andrew Luck to have a change of heart. Right. Oh um, man. <laughs> that would be, that would be awesome for Colts fans if he, you know, came out, but for what I'm hearing, he's happy in retirement. Um, so for me, Carson Wentz does make the most sense there. He has a relationship with the coach. Um, I don't think they'll go with Jacoby because if they were going to go with Jacoby, it wouldn't have signed Phillip Rivers last year for $25 million. That makes sense. Okay, that's yeah. that's fair. So for me, I think Carson Wentz there, unless they try to make a tip at the shine as well, um, you know, they can maybe take a chance with, you know, uh, someone like a Cam Newton if they feel that he can still play. Um, but Carson Wentz definitely makes the most sense there with the Colts. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And uh, again, to give credit to uh, one of our own over here, Nikki said this, um, again, no kidding, like four months ago, three months before anybody even had a whisper about it. So a lot of credit to her. All right, moving on over here. We got, excuse me, Buffalo Bills. They got the quantum leap, man. They got Josh Allen. Miami has two at Tonga Vailoa, but there has been talk between them and Houston again, bringing Deshaun Watson back. But for now, two over there. The Jets have Sam Darnold for now. We'll see what happens. I do get a feeling he's going to be traded, and the Niners might end up being the spot. I don't know how I feel about that yet. We'll get into that another time. But now we have the New England Patriots. What's going to happen over there? I mean, I don't know. They drift. They're not going to draft a first-round pick, a first-round quarterback, and start him right away. I mean, they're going to need they need somebody over there. I don't know if they can lull Matt Ryan over there somehow as opposed to San Fran, but he's starting to run out of quarterbacks that – are going to want to go to certain places and new England. I don't, you know, I don't think Deshaun Watson necessarily wants to play for Bill Belichick. I could be wrong. So they're a team right now, D that does not have a starting quarterback. Do you have any idea of who may be there? I think it's going to be tough. I think an underrated story is the fact that Matthew Stafford, the most laid back guy in the league said, trade me anywhere, but new England. Yep. Yep. (laughs) You know, you guys know how I feel about Matt Patricia. And I think that word is getting around the league. And there may be other QBs who are like, I don't want to deal with that either. If Stafford, who was super laid back, is like, no, I'm not doing it. Why should I? So it may be tough for them to find a veteran guy. They may have to draft somebody. They may have to move up and do the total opposite of the New England Patriot way because they're known for trading back in a draft and, you know, giving away first round picks they may have to do the opposite, try to go up and get them a pick and get them a quarterback. Or if they find they think they have one at their current slot, take somebody there. It may be time for them to do a full, not a full rebuild, but bring in somebody who they think can be part of a team going forward instead of being good for right now. Um, Unless, you know, Cam is somebody they believe in coming back. I know he has a good relationship with the coaches there, but he just wasn't the same. It wasn't just the lack of weapons, but some of the throws Cam was making was just horrible towards the end of the year. Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, I hope Cam gets another chance, but I just don't see it in New England. So I think they might have to draft a young guy. Yeah, well, I think they're definitely going to one way or another. It might be in the first round. And, yeah, I'm sure that Bill Belichick doesn't want whoever that may be starting this year, maybe easing him in. But I thought about Cam, you know, and bringing those players back that, you know, that opted out for COVID last year and see what they got with a full training camp. It is possible. So we're leaving that one open for now to possibilities. We'll see what the Patriots, what they do with their QB position. We know Cincinnati drafted their guy, Joe Burrow. Cleveland's got their guy, Baker Mayfield. Baltimore's got their guy and Lamar Jackson and Pittsburgh is going to have to stick with Ben Roethlisberger this year. As we discussed earlier, they really have no other choice. Otherwise it's a $41 million salary cap. hit. so I think we can kind of rule that one out for now. Kansas city, you know, they got Mahomes. Uh, the chargers, they found their bright, shiny new toy in Justin Herbert. The Raiders have car, but I'm hearing whispers that, you know, the, uh, the organization may want to go in a different direction. And the same thing with the Denver Broncos and Drew Locke. He's no longer locked in to be their quarterback. They want a different one. They prefer a veteran. But like I said, these veteran quarterbacks only may want to go to certain places. And what do we got? We got Deshaun. He's the biggest one out there. Deshaun Watson, obviously. I don't know if he's a candidate to go to either one of those teams or if he even wants to. 
Um, Stafford and Goff are already gone, and you got Carson Wentz. And that's pretty much it, you know, because feeling like Dak is going to stay with the Cowboys and stuff like that. So uh, the Broncos are a team right now that aren't near winning. They still have a lot of problems, um, a little bit in their secondary. Um, their offensive line needs to be fixed. They can run the ball a little bit, but they definitely need a quarterback. I don't think, and from what I've been hearing, that Drew Locke is going to be their guy. And they have nobody else to replace him. So what do you think they end up doing? Do you think that they just stick with Locke for one more year and try to work it out and wait till the following season to see if they could do something? Or do they take the bull by the horns this year and just go for it with somebody completely different? Man, uh, that's a tough one because I was a Locke believer. And, <laughs> you know, he didn't play yeah, well. Me too. Me too yeah, kind of. He didn't play well this year. And they have weapons there. It wasn't a lack of weapons. They have some weapons there. Uh, Jerry Judy looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So for them, yeah. it'll be interesting if Derek Carr really wants revenge on Vegas, if they release him or whatever happens, does he go to Denver? I like that. That's very yeah. interesting. That's I, think, interesting. I think Derek Carr is a good QB in the right situation with somebody who believes in him. We've seen him the year that he broke his leg in like the final game. Uh, we saw a very good QB that Leslie is team to the playoffs. That's right. Now this year they were in and the they playoff hunt. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I think they started like Josh McGloin in that game. I can't even remember his name, but yeah, Derek Carr didn't play in that game against Houston and that's why they lost. So yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but go ahead. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And for me, I think, uh, we should make, uh, we should make. Oh, I was gonna say Oakland. We should make Vegas's coach truly show why he keeps signing Nathan Peterman. You keep signing Nathan Peterman, <laughs> <laughs> you should have to start him one time. Why you just feel bad for him? He's like, oh, I'm just gonna keep giving him millions of dollars to sit on the bench. No, right. that means you believe in this guy. He throws. He's been known to say he throws the most catchable ball in the NFL. It's yeah, it's catchable by the defense. Like Nathan Peterman, <laughs> give him a chance. If you're going to really let go of Derek Carr, let's see how much of a genius you are, sir. If Nathan Peterman works out, I will bow down to you. If Nathan Peterman yeah. works out. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. That's so funny. Uh, yeah. Just one, one other thing within that organization, Marcus Mariota, do you think he may be a candidate for one of these opening spots? He could be a lot of people like him. I've never been a Mariota guy. Um, like he's never shown me anything in the NFL to make me think this is the guy that would lead my team to championship. He's never had, like, you look at his stats, they, they're not good. They're just mediocre, even compared to Jameis. Like, at least with Jameis, you get the boom and the bust. With Mariota, yeah. you don't get either. Like, you're just in the middle, just waiting for something to happen. Like, do something, please. And every once in a while, <laughs> you know, you know he'll, he's very athletic, so every once in a while he'll do a dynamic run. You're like, okay. And then he'll pull a hamstring. So (laughs) that's the thing. You can't depend on him to be athletic because he can't do it without getting hurt. And that's what makes him special. That's what made him special at Oregon. The fact that he could, you know, run a four or five and also had a good arm. But he's been super cautious in the league, like way too cautious to the point where you're like, I'd rather have Jameis throw all these interceptions than have Mariota just not do anything for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yep. And they were what, one, two in the draft, right? Yes, sir. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. They've won two in the draft. You see that a lot with quarterbacks, and their names always become synonymous with each other. I, I don't know. I when I I didn't like either one of them. I told you I didn't like James coming out of college, and I didn't love Marcus Mariota at, at all either. But, you know, I knew that they could play. I figured they're going to end up being backups, and that's exactly what has happened. But they both now have a chance to redeem their career. Uh, let's see. Marcus Mariota, would he fit in with the Broncos? I don't know. Maybe that's a possibility. Not a Super Bowl team, but a possibility. I don't know. Listen, again, again, guys, you heard it here first. If that trade does happen with the Vikings and Deshaun Watson, you know who said it. All right? The sports prophet right here. So I think that's <laughs> – very, very possible that people aren't talking about. We know he's got his list of teams, but not sure of every team that's going to be on there, man. So that's another thing. It could be another mystery next week, but I got a feeling this week we're going to see a lot of different things happen. Maybe Dak even gets signed. Now, wouldn't that be amazing? My goodness. Dallas, don't you realize it? You got a great quarterback over there. Just give him the fifth freaking year. Just do it. Give him the fifth year and call it a day. You know, I mean, I got to give him the four years that he wants. I'm sorry. And, and that's it. And that's it. And then if things are working out, you'll be able to re-sign him. So uh, they, they got to stop with all this. And it's causing dysfunction. And we saw what happened to the Cowboys last year. Even, even before he went out, how bad they were playing on defense and things like that. So I'm a big fan of the guy. Hopefully he comes back, you know, strong, healthy. And he belongs with the Cowboys as their quarterback. Deshaun Watson will be on another team. A lot of quarterbacks going to different teams. We got more NFL. We'll even have more NBA next week. I like that. Uh, but knowledge with Nikki is coming back in her own way. So, uh, <laughs> D, we're going to have to prepare for everything and start hitting the encyclopedia now because you know yeah. it's be well, but, at least uh, we, we missed, we probably missed the President's Day trivia unless yeah, he does that next yeah. week. <laughs> yes, I, no, and that's that's probably a good thing. I hope she doesn't bring it back. But, like, well, since we missed President's Day, her, yep, her and her <laughs> holiday, that's where we get smashed with everything. It really is true. My gosh. Oh, boy. But hey, man, D had a great time. Me and you going the duo today. It was awesome. I loved what you did with uh, with the knowledge, with the nomads. Excellent questions. I had fun, bro. Yeah, man. It was a good time. Definitely not as fun, you know, without Nikki. But, you know, we had a good time, you know, bro down. Pretty good time here. (laughs) So I definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed every week, man. This is, you know, one of the highlights of my week is doing this podcast with you guys. So just look forward to growing and continuing to do great work with you guys, man. Yeah, man, you do great work here and you do great work elsewhere. Tell everybody where that is, man. So I have a show called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. I did not do an episode this week, um, but we'll be coming back on Sunday nights. I will be changing the Sunday nights, of course, until NFL season starts. So I'll be doing Sunday night, you know, a lot of NBA boxing talk and, of course, NFL offseason talk. I will be trying to get Jason on pretty soon. Um, so we can shoot the shit on my show, Nikki, as well. Uh, we'll talk about some NFC West talk with Jason, some NFC East talk with Nikki when she comes on. It's a great show, man. So if you like Real Sports Talk for Real Sports fan, you will enjoy The Real Deal with Damian Adams. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Now, uh, follow me on social media at The Real Deal, W-D-A. That's The Real Deal, W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. Hey, man, no doubt. Well said. You do a lot of work and you do great work. And it's very unique the way that you do these things by yourself. It's almost like you got like the news reports scrolling at the end, at the bottom and everything. It's a wonderful job. What you do. So, yeah, guys, really, for, honestly, listen to his show. It's great. You know, the guy solo, everything does a fantastic job. I'm a fan. I retweet it, not just because he's my partner, but because it's awesome. And for real, it really is. It really is. Um, I myself. 
I'm at Sports Profit One. That's number one. And I do run a show, the 30, Power 32 podcast. Uh, just get different guests on here and there. You never know who's going to pop up. But as long as we're talking sports and having fun, it doesn't make a difference. Those shows are a little random during the week. But you know right here, Third and Three podcast has been coming to you every Wednesday night. And we're going to keep doing it and pumping in the action. D, I had a great time this week. Can't wait for Nikki to get back next week, do more of her crazy knowledge, get some more segments in. I'm glad that we brought back uh, Dinner Fight Club. That was fun. And hey, man, sports talk, baby, at its best. We walk the walk and talk the talk, homie. Yes, sir. And we'll do it again next week. So a week from now, same time, same channel. Don't forget, check us out, Third and Three Podcast. Damien, Nikki, and Jay. Today, we are out for now. Peace, everyone. Peace.